Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. This is going to be a banger. This guest this week is college graduate, one of the few that we've had on here. Yeah. We won't hold that against you. We won't hold you against me. (laughs) Uh, Bachelor's in communication. That's right. That's right. Long Beach State. Straight out of college, five years at Transworld Media, buying, selling ads, managing sales. That was graduate school right there. Yeah, it was all of it. Is that before H2O? That was after H2O. I got the job at Transworld from being at H2O. Come on, Lar. H2O? You're skipping. Sorry. Don't, don't just jump over. I'm trying a to get big part the of his point. history. Okay. Damn. And I, you know, scolded. I didn't know you were gonna get he, scolded. He's gonna get. He's gonna. He's, he's getting better. Some, I mean, take two steps forward, three steps back. Well, I appreciate you guys. <laughs> you know, he puts me in check. I put him in check. I appreciate you guys making the the 
the drive south. Yeah. I realize I might be one of the further south, maybe not the furthest. No. But to date, so you know, there's a lot. It's a it's a big car ride down. Yeah. You guys had a lot of stuff. Yeah, but you know what? This is unacceptable. This is I'm out of here. This I can't work like this. <laughs> this chicken shit bullshit. I almost got my episode at late night. <laughs> well, H2O is a big part of his history. Okay. That propelled him to this next step. So we, we can't leave. Yeah, where do you guys want to start? Talk yeah. to me. Where do you want to start? Wait, oh. he's not finished with your intro. Oh, we don't it. even know. Like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, we're out. Wrapping it up. <laughs> but this guy came up with a, a watch idea, a brand, and he was pitching it to a, a good friend, Andy. Yep. Lots. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, was, he seemed like you're the marketing guy. He seemed like the brains behind He's the, the brain. Side. He's the brain on the mouth. Yeah, but what's what's awesome and I read about was that Andy almost took the idea and ran with it. Totally. Yeah. And well, asked was... him if he wanted to be a partner or a first employee six months later. So it wasn't Something like it wasn't behind the back. He was straightforward. He's like, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You can either quit your job and come work with me." Yeah. Or you can wait, and I'm going to start this, and in six months, you can come work for me. Yeah. So wait, whose idea was it? It was mine. It was his. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did it's, you want to kill the guy or what? No, no, it was great. I mean, really? we'll lick where we're at today. Right. Well, yes, it but still, like at that point in time, though, that must have freaked you out. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to it, yeah. But they yeah. Okay. started a watch brand, but it just didn't end up being a watch brand. Not even close. You guys dominated many categories. Headphones, speakers... Wallets, accessories, bags, you know, clothing even. You guys dominated. I think there goes the battery. <laughs> um, into one of the most iconic lifestyle brands in our industry in all time. And we Dude. welcome the man, the brains, Thanks, the John. marketing, the, the, the everything. Everything about Nixon. With one of the most successful, huge, endemic, successful, successful authentic yeah amazing classy stylish i mean come on the list goes on the, um, you, you, we don't have enough adjectives to this is where linen gets yeah, really yeah right. yeah, yeah that's in my there, job buddy. bro that's my job You're pumping me up nixon yeah. dude nixon, nixon. so nixon. wait oh, there's more chad there's the intro no chad chad, chad d Denina. right yes. yep Welcome. Thank we you, are gentlemen. honored. We are blown away and honored. Uh, before we even get into it, we're sitting in. Is this Carlsbad? Cardiff. Cardiff. Cardiff by the sea. Cardiff. Yeah. In a beautiful palatial spread. Yeah. Uh, you congratulations. Done well. <laughs> you done pretty well. You've done pretty goddamn well. <laughs> you want to adopt us? <laughs> I've been lucky. I've been lucky, and it and it all comes from everything that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you know, yeah. this wasn't a situation where I, I had a rich uncle or a rich dad to say, "Hey, here, go do what you want to do." Yeah, you know, it's I'm a product of my environment and the people around me, and the and it's I'm excited to be here and tell Dude, you guys more about. Dude, me too. It. Well, you're just jumping in, just a quick timeline. Like you graduated from college in '93, and you came up this concept in 97 and you know between that's a pretty short time too. yeah the ideation actually happened a lot earlier so go to can we just start it yeah no there? let's go let's there. start at the beginning where, i don't want yeah, to talk i'm gonna take you yet. there i'm gonna yeah. take you there yeah i'm gonna you take wanna, you like let's okay. go to where i grew up okay yeah right? perfect all right start so, at the beginning so in preparation for today i actually had to do some homework
Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And I actually realized, people say I grew up in the valley. (laughs) Which valley? Like... Well, the, we just talk about it as the valley, okay. right? I did not grow up in the San Fernando Valley, okay. as most people know it. That's an 818 area code. Yeah. I had an 805. Yeah. So to be clear, I was in the first half a mile into Ventura County. And I will claim Ventura County forever. I grew up in Westlake Village. So that's 16 and a half miles to county line. That was my closest place to serve. Yeah. County line. County line, okay. right? Right where LA and Ventura County met. Yep. And that, that break right there, it's called County Line, and yeah. that was the closest and first spot. So how old were you, and who introduced you to the wonderful world of surfing? You so, <laughs> exactly, right? So I got my first board around 12 or 13, and it was a situation where, uh, look, my dad's from the East Coast. He had no exposure to surfing and very little to the ocean. And he just came home one day with two brand new boards for my brother and I. Wow. Had no idea of dimensions. Yeah. Had no idea what we needed. Or he you got guys these... got to simulate over here on the west side. You need a couple <laughs> so of boards. Were you born on the east coast? You were born in... I was born in Connecticut. Oh, wow. And we moved here when I was a year old. Okay. So I, I, I like to claim that I'm California raised. Yeah. For sure. But I was born yeah. in Connecticut. But before your dad bought you those boards, were, were you... Already surfing, boogie boarding, no, skateboarding? No, not at all. Like 16 and a half miles. The only time you got to the beach, if it was a special occasion or like a weekend family adventure. Right. Not until I was in junior high could I start taking the beach bus from Agora. So I'd have to get a carpool over to Agora, which was five minutes. And then for a quarter, you could take the beach bus and it'd drop you off at Malibu. So did your dad on a whim buy these boards? Totally on a whim. My dad traveled all the time. So he was the guy that came home with gifts. Yeah. Because yeah. he wasn't there. Yeah. Right? So brand was new Was he board, a traveling salesman? Or? He was. He okay. was a sales rep and a national sales manager in the tool industry. Nice. This, right? is, where, this is where the communication comes in. It's from, you know. It's from being a little or... kid and then going to all his. Well, sales. Going and... to his tool trade shows. Yeah. And being at a trade show, like, we're there. And, and hey, what are you selling? I need yeah. traction. You have sunglasses. Let's trade. Yeah. It's different in that world. But I found ways to make that work and yeah. negotiate with 
older man and get what I needed to get for that cool. Oh, it's a sporting goods crossover and you got BB guns. Yeah. But that's for another time. Right? Yeah. So, so your dad came home with two boards, two boards, brand new San Miguel. And I think it was just before we were both in the scouts. So we were going on a scouting trip to Emma Wood. Sick. Do a camp. surf trip. And then you do camp outs at Leo Carrillo. And that became my introduction to surfing. Wow. It wasn't until then the summers that I got to actually go repetitive. And now it's like, cool, every day in summer, I'm taking the beach bus. Yeah. I'm there. And then as soon as summer's over, it's like, until you could drive. It was tough. It was yeah. super tough. Like yeah, my, you, you so needed an adult, an go, older sibling or somebody. Going back to the day that your dad came home with those two boards. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your reaction? Were you just like, holy shit. Holy shit, exactly. You're fuck- yeah. Like, dad, I love you. Like, yeah. it was aw- this it is was- exactly what I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> did, did, it, did it come with a wetsuit? Because it's freaking cold <laughs> up here, too. <laughs> and, you're, and so you're getting this, but then you can't use it. Yeah. But you're psyched. But you're psyched. Yeah. Because yeah. you you're, you're, you're going to sleep surfer. with it. You're that. like, I'm a surfer now. I got You're going to sleep with it that night. And the pictures and the magazines <laughs> and everything. go, And it start, you just start feeding the whole... Yeah the whole idea of what it could be and what it means to you and, and what even your personal expression and how you dress yeah. and how it influences that. That's funny. You so, probably started morphing into a surfer, oh, right? Like you wanted to identify. Yeah. And then you have, um, in, in Thousand Oaks, had the closest, best surf shop. It's called Surf and Style. And they crushed it. The owner went on, he started that brand, uh, Ganja Surf Wax. No oh, way. Wow. But these guys, this was the shop. Okay. And you'd go in there and you'd just be mesmerized. And like every cool brand and every board and the shit and it was all. And that's where you started to learn. Okay. Right. Yeah. So your first little surf trip was that. Now, when you, the first, can you remember the first time you paddled that San Miguel? Yeah, Emma Wood because of the rocks. How do you forget? Okay. Right. And how, how'd you do? Like, oh, it was terrible. Because you had no training, I was terrible. right? No, no training. Like I was just no watching surf people. Coach. Yeah. No. It was like, I knew, how how to, do this? I knew how to boogie board. <laughs> were, you, were you a strong swimmer and you were confident? Like, was it like the waves intimidating? Swimming came in later. Like as I really started to get into surfing, then the water became so much of it. And then so through high school and later on in college, it was water polo. Yeah. And nice. that's, what fed, that's what fed me to get in the water and get strong to be able to then go all the places you go and have yeah. confidence. Yeah. I mean, because that's everybody has ambition, like, oh, I'm going to surf, I'm going to surf, and then they go and get in the, the water yeah. and then, you know, deal with the currents and the waves and turns a lot of people, turns I, them off real quick. I was so, I was so clueless. I was open to everything. So I would have, like, you know, girlfriend's dads being like, hey, I have a 12-foot log here if you want to take it, and those things would be going home on my car that night. You know, <laughs> we would be going down and surfing Malibu, the pier at like four or five o'clock in the morning before the locals got up and got down there. Yeah. And so we could also then get back to high school. That's and, awesome. And it, so it's like, it was totally, it was just something I had to, if I didn't put in the time to make the drive to, to raise, to get the gas money, <laughs> to get over through the canyon, yeah. to get there, there was no payoff. Did you have a group of friends too? As, as no. Well? No. No, I was, I, and I, I got... I'm friends with everybody. The football players, the baseball players. In our school, the surfers were like, the, they didn't even surf. They didn't compete. They were the kids that smoked pot. 
and yeah. they wore the surf stuff, and they didn't surf. Yeah. And there were there are a few guys that would start making the trips and going more towards um, Ventura and Santa Barbara. Halama was a spot then where we could get to. It was accessible. No one would mess with us, yeah. and you could just be on your own and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a such a crazy time when you're like you know you have to go pretty much explore the coast. Like you haven't gone any, anywhere except those couple of spots and. And there's no network, right? Yeah, so there's you guys would be no surfing, surf line, no anything. You gotta just yeah. you guys are surfing Wait, south side of the pier at Huntington with the kids that you grew up with and the older kids, and there's a pecking order. Yeah, and the, you know, and you learn a lot of things. Yeah. we've all heard from people like what you learn in the water. Right, and there was none of that none for of me. That. But your network was that surf shop, surf and style. The surf shop. Yeah. So that was like that enamored me. Right, but I never like I couldn't get a job there. They weren't going to hire me. I wasn't at that level. So what do I do? I'm 16. Oh, I take a job at the at the surf store in the mall. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Ooh. And, and Why? And Dude, so what's wrong with that? A mall surf shop. It's like what's wrong with that? You know, there's probably no no waxy wax carpet, no couch, no like. There's boards, you know, no, no wax. smell of wetsuits. What, what was that shop? It was called Pacific Surf and Style. And about four months into working there, it's a cool crew. We had fun. Some mall, mall yeah, rats. Yeah. It got sold to Pacific Sunwear. Wow. So this is good because this then crosses over. So Pat, I think, spoke about winning Malibu. That contest was sponsored. Pat O'Connell? Pat O'Connell, <laughs> right? Yeah. We talked about winning that. And I was working for then just turned into Pac Sunwear. Down there on the beach working staff because I could be on the beach with the surf. What? Working right? the tent or working the tent, yeah. being there. And um, two weeks later, they fired me. <laughs> What'd you do? I was giving kids stickers from behind the counter. Oh my At the God. shop. At the shop. And like you got when, fired when for that. When your parents would buy something and instead of charging them a buck or two bucks, yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would just hook them up. Like, of stickers, course. That's kids, part of the freaking. Yeah, oh, Lord, that's a yeah. gift with purchase right there. Yeah. That's Thank you for shopping with That's called good karma and spreading the vibe and that's spreading marketing. the good word. That's it's mar- marketing. Yeah. And so, those idiots fired you for giving away stickers. <laughs> that's called so, big business. Is there some truth that's not being told over here? No, that's that. It was, it, and it was like when Pac Sun came in and all the corporate people, <clears throat> yeah. and you're like, Bean this, counters. This is not, yeah. even at that time, and it's so different. Yeah. They, they've evolved their business in so many different ways. But that was like, okay. So no wonder Nixon never sold the PacSun. I don't need this. I can go somewhere else. No, we did. We have. I'm kidding. They've been good to us. So so, so how I'm, did you so get I, caught or fired or like what happened? They just said because Because it was... Because there's no cameras, right? It, it was when the transition happened. So I think really they wanted to get old employees out and new employees in. Mm. Right? And so it was easy to do that. And you had this big, huge man and security guard outfit like breathing down my neck like accusing me of stealing because there was theft in the store but when they're accusing me and i'm freaking out like dude the worst i've done is you're 16 years old stickers yeah you're 16 yeah. years old and it's like yeah well that's theft and you're out you got to sign this and never come back in i was like oh wow wake up god wow, what a wake-up call right well, what a like i mean what a, what you know you're not doing go. anything wrong but it was it was at that age, you're scared. You're going home to your parents like, what's up? I thought you were working. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I don't you want know, to work there anymore. You know you didn't do anything I wrong. got another job lined up. Right? You, you know what I mean? In your mind, you're like, wait, I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, uh, you, you, 
like back it up. I mentioned about starting out surfing at going on Boy Scout trips. Like I'm an Eagle Scout. Yeah. I'm like the pinnacle of like you're not gonna steal Dudley and cheat. The Nana do right. To, to my death to my <laughs> Yes. So I was pissed off and that was that. Yeah. But I landed at our local snowboard shop. It was a ski and snowboard shop called Circle. It's family operated. Sick. Amazing store. And that then is is the platform. So I worked in the back and I would tune all the snowboards. Were you a snowboarder as well? Like, yeah. yeah. I was just getting, that's yeah. where I got into okay. it. Okay. So I wasn't when I'd started there. And I'm in there, I'm working in the back. And that was a great experience. And that's where I first started meeting reps. Yeah. Coming into the shop, selling what they're selling, and being in the back, you would the office doors open. You could hear their pitch and what they're trying to do, and and the owner's point of view on the brand. And then the rep would leave, and then the owner comes out and would ask us working there what we think. Yeah, and that's so you when, were kind of picking up on that kind of interactions. So what Wait, was at it's got to be fascinating. Like these guys, what do they do? They come into all the shops. Like well, not you know, everybody does that though. No, but. As far as it being yeah. an employee and you see these guys, you know, he, his dad's a traveling salesman. So, yeah, so you know, he picked up on a quick. Yeah. yeah. And what was, what was fun about that time is, is you guys can relate. There's a lot of downtime when you work in a shop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? So I... Sticker rearranged, ma- t-shirt. Magazine, front to cover. <laughs> so so <laughs> when, when we were Groms getting wetsuits, it would come with an extra piece of neoprene. Oh, yeah. Right? To, cover, to patch the holes, right? <laughs> yeah. In your knees. Well... I would walk them out and just rip off like four or five of those. I'd lay you them down. you get fired again, bro? No, no, no. It's all good. I'd lay them down and I'd cut them into strips. And then I'd take the ends and I'd staple the ends together and I'd use colored electric tape. Make bracelets? Watch bands. Watch bands. Wow. Because people were coming in the store spending like 15, 25 bucks on a replacement band for their freestyle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I could... So mine for five, and I'd have cash for the weekend. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. I, you, did this you... through, I did this through high school and college, and it came to a point where my dad, being the, being the proud, supportive father, being entrepreneurial-minded, he went and worked with his buddy, who's a, who's a um, solid art director, and my father then comes back to me and says, you're going to start a watch band company and here's the logo, and and he like up. thought it all out. But this was my deal. Yeah. yeah, he was just trying to help you out. Like, and he was so into it. And I was like, Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. No. That's funny though. But okay, splash bands. Your dad it was literally like, uh, if you could think of the Lester Kasai logo. Yeah, with the splash and the colors. It yeah. was that. So your dad saw what you're doing and thought, okay, I'm going to uh, help he out He wanted my to kid. encourage us to like get after yeah, that's, it, whatever that's it was. That's pretty awesome. That is. But you being a 16-year-old teenager that wants to do your own shit. Yeah, right? and, 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 the, and I've skipped so much already, but since 13 years old, I have a paper out. So my income's coming, yeah. 13 to then 16. Now I get a car, I'm working in shops. You're independent. So super independent. Yeah. Like I've had my cash for a while. I'm not asking mom and dad. Yeah. So, so him coming in wanting to do that, it was like, no, no, you don't was get it, it. You don't get me. This is, he, this is my deal. Was he that you, you... It probably was, but yeah. he was cool enough not to show it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He thought he was like doing something really cool. For sure. But you just want the personal expression and the creation and to do it all yourself. Yeah. So that was, um, and that's crazy. I, and I carried that, that over to H two O, okay. and taking and making those bands because, 
You sell three of them over a weekend, 15, 20 bucks, you're good to go. Yeah, Dude, while your friends that's are. That's two twelvers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> while your friends are like, you know, and you know what hard work is. You've already been working in the shops and have paper routes, but like, you're, you know, how long does it take you to make one of these bands? You know, and if you're selling two or three a day. So, so you, 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 uh, you work at that place. You're going to, you're still in high school, right? Are you, you're already have an entrepreneurial spirit. What were you already starting? I mean, you already created what your dad called splash bands. Yeah, right. I'm selling watch bands. But, but um, were you already starting to think, I'm going to create my own brand in the future? No. 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 I was just trying. I was like... Making money. <laughs> get me to the weekend. Yeah. Make the money. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's... It was it. And I was just having so much fun working there. Snowboarding was just coming through. So it was my first experience snowboarding. And then that just... That fueled the fire. Yeah. It's like as much and as often as we could go, we would go. Where would you be go? in that environment... You go Baldy, Big Bear, Mountain High, like take your pick. Yeah. How much time do you have? How much money do you have? Yeah. How many how many people we could cram in the car and split the costs and Or like and I made the big mistake early on is I sat in the I'm like, I will go. There's no room. There's no room in the truck. I'll sit in the back. <laughs> yeah. Both ways. No shell. No shell. I got so sick. <laughs> you ride all day and you come yeah. home freezing and all the boards and the gear in the Super back. Super safe of the truck. too. Yes. I'm, well, you guys don't do that now. <laughs> if kids was, only knew what kind oh, of shit we had to go through crazy. back in the day. Yeah. Oh, we would uh, be splitting up. When, we'd be driving a Volkswagen Bug up there. Like, how's that yeah. thing even get, get up the hill? Oh, just like, sweet-talking yeah. sweet the police to let us pass. That's no, so no, funny. it's good. They're outdoor tires. <laughs> so, so after high school, after, what was this? Circle, right? Circle sports, yeah. Then, then Circle what? Sports, which can't, you know, and then from there and that shop in, in my community where I came from, I mean, Circle Sports comes, that's owned by the Podokar family. So um, Jeff and John are the two brothers and they're much younger than me. And uh, Jeff today, he manages the Supreme Store LA and John is very high up in the Vans organization working wow. production. He just moved back. He, he and his family were living in in uh asia for almost five six years and came back and what, it, it was a cool shop owned that shop? they owned the shop the parents had started it and they huh. started as a ski and snowboard shop and as the sons took it over it was like started to focus more on snow skate and then it just went to a hardcore skate shop wow after when i was i had left i was already at college and what and, kind of what kind of brands back in the day were you were you like you know into? well so yeah. so that was good because we weren't like a premier snowboard we weren't like the first tier yeah so we were getting like a lot of crossover ski brands right so the dina stars and the k2s like a k2 fat fat bob or a gyrator those were the snowboards right those were the types of brands that you're bringing in there and it's funny then it's like oh here comes it's been a popular um brand that's come up instinct yeah right some of these other brands that were like hey we see opportunities not just in the hardcore surf but snow mountain ski outdoor um, so they were just rotating through brands at that point. And yeah. then I was playing water polo still in high school. And that's when I started like, okay, college, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Long Beach State. It was Long Beach State or UCI. And I wanted to continue playing water polo. So I went to Long Beach State. What good were water your, polo schools, but close to the beach. Yeah. Because yeah, there's good water polo inland as a career. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. What, what did you want to be? No, I, again, didn't know yet. super short. I wasn't thinking long term. 
So I was, it was at that point, I was really on my own because my parents had then separated and I'm getting ready to move down to college. So this is like a, I think any personal um, growth point when you're moving away from home. Yeah. But then when the home's kind of disheveled or broken, you want to get an escape. Then it's like, yeah, it's an escape. So, but never was I really long-term focused. It wasn't until, you know, what was happening at that time is, um, I read a book early on. I was probably 14, 15, and I read a book, The Unauthorized Autobiography of the Men Behind the Swoosh. Huh. The Swoosh. It's like, it's like almost a five, 600-page book. At 14, I read this thing. Of Nike. On how Nike was created. Okay. And I sat down, I penned a letter to... to um, Phil Knight? To Phil. <laughs> and said why he should hire me because they're so out of touch. Wow. <laughs> That's, in, that's I impressive. Never, I never got a letter back. Um, and that's what I was like. Phil? I'm like, what, wow. What you, I'm, I'm really into branding. I'm really into branding at this time. Yeah. This is interesting. What did that influential... book teach you? Like, what did you walk away from that book and why? What, how, like an, like an idea, like he was essentially distributing Asics Tigers. He had like another person's brand. And then he built that into his own brand. And how he did it. And he, he wasn't the type that started with hundreds of millions of dollars and then put it in a laboratory for five years and then came out with it. Yeah. He did it out of the back of his car. And I could really relate to that story and starting and it's inspiring because you, you know, it gives you, gives you hope, gives you a chance. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. So, it, so what made you want to work for him? And it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to work for him. It's, I like the idea of that brand. I was really yeah. becoming like just brand centric and really focused and, and, identifying with brands at that point okay and like oh this is the i was i was probably more materialistic and i was i saw the brands that i um that reflected or that i that appealed to me yeah you're into the the logo the message and the and the styling of what the products they're putting out like. yeah and it was an interesting time and as i was figuring out where to do and what i was going to do for college because i didn't have guidance my parents weren't laying down like the the runway of here's your choices and yeah. here's your options neither one of them had graduated so i was really just figuring out my path and i was in the career center at my high school <laughs> and they're like well you want to get scholarships because i need money i didn't have money to put myself through school yeah. yeah here's a scholarship um here's an essay contest and i entered a national essay contest my it? senior year of high school and i won Shut the it? front door. Was it thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, or that? It was scholarships. It got to be at least a decent. So this a decent was chunk. Yeah, yeah, this was tweaked because it wasn't even a scholarship for me. The school won a ten thousand dollar grant. Oh, the school! Uh, and then <laughs> I, I, uh, there was f- uh, five people, five national winners. It was put on by Sunkist, and the idea was to write an essay about what you see are the next up and coming trends. Wow. And I wrote an essay and I basically smashed the whole idea and and just said it was dumb. And like what the idea of picking trends, like the trend is going to be people are going to be more idealistic and less materialistic. Yeah. People are in a phase where they care about where things are coming from and how it's made and less about the brand and the logo on it. And so they were like, cool, you, you and these other four kids win and you go to New York and they... Wall Street Journal interviewed us Dang. and a bunch of press and publicity. That's huge. A bunch of press and publicity right came through. And uh, my school won all this money. 
And I just got a bunch of press out of it. <laughs> but um, but that was a New great York experience. Yeah. Because, because they take me to New York City and it's like, come to MTV, meet all the VJs, come to here, come to there. And they showed us and going through and being actually on stage for a press conference where I'm feeling questions from the press at 16, 17 years old. It was such a great experience. Dang. It was such a great That's experience. That's a monumental like achievement. Dude, Just I'm, as a high I'm, schooler going to... I'm kind of flabbergasted that you, your Dang. intent was to try to get a scholarship. And when you learned... The, what wow. you what they were asking you to write about you you were kind of anti totally the anti. article totally but then anti. there you go so then to the point fast forward and what happens is my neighbor down the street he's driving by in our suburban neighborhood um i'm gonna read this uh headline from a clipping in the newspaper it says teen wins ten thousand dollars for westlake high Westlake High senior Chad Denena's essay won $10,000 for his school and a spot on a teen trend advisory board for himself. Wow. That is amazing, bro. So this was the front page of the Wall Street Journal from that day when my neighbor came down and said, what the heck? I've been trying my whole career and you're not even out of high school and you're in the front page of Wall Street Journal. Front page, and what was that local publication? Like the yeah, that was, yeah, that was like Times the, or? no, no, it's called the News Chronicles, the local community newspaper. And Chad, you probably didn't really give a shit, right? I really didn't. Yeah, like like you're like you know yeah. what this is cool, yeah, whatever. But I need money for school. I need money for school. How is this gonna help me? But, yeah, but what what a treat to like take you to New York, obviously to to, to celebrate, you know, the, all the the five winners, but to showboat you guys around like why, what was MTV have anything to do with winning an essay they were just trying to entertain you guys yeah well okay well, they're teenagers you take it so back right no I know but Sunkiss is a big they're a big advertiser yeah right so they're looking at all their advertising outlets when you say Sunkiss don't you just feel it in your mouth <laughs> yeah right like the orange uh, tangy <laughs> ah my, 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 my mouth's watering so if you want to be a totally cool teen love mom and dad yeah, right? So the Wall Street Journal came out and they're like, these are not the typical teenagers of today. These teenagers are Eagle Scouts, athletes, all good looking kids. But they really, the, all the other kids up there that had won were very specific on what the trends were going to be. And they're like, hold on, this kid over here, he like, he's not in the yeah, same has been the whole idea. And so I got, a, it was pretty interesting and fun at that moment in time at my age to realize and show people and like, yeah, this is kind of silly. So kind of uh, walk us through this. You, you win. You win the the essay contest for three yeah, other yeah. four other people. Yeah. Um, so what what are the what are the, I mean when you wrote it and finished it? What were you thinking? Because you were like thinking. I, I was. I probably should have read the fine print because I thought I was going to get a scholarship. <laughs> well, not just that, but, but the way the, the, your point of view of the article was: this is a this is stupid. You know. Well, it was just. It wasn't so much that this is stupid. It's the, the idea was more that, hey, let's um, let's identify that there's things that are more important. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not get so caught up in just. The logo and how it looks or what it stands for, but but start like care more. Yeah, like why and who's making it and what? Why is that important? Yeah, you're like almost one of the first environmentalists slash 
socially responsible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, almost. I would say I was asking the questions. I don't know yeah, if I was you, doing a lot to change my behavior. I know, behavior. but because of this, that came out of you. Right? Yeah, usually that doesn't come until you you, you you understand the manufacturing side about how much Dude, waste and, and... Surfrider Foundation was probably brand new. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, you're definitely but, but, right about that. But to be you know, minded, so the, the school, going back to the 10,000, it says here, you know, high school or, you know wins 10,000 but you didn't get it the school got it no the yeah. school won it and then what what was your cut no nothing <laughs> i i had um you know i what had happened there were a couple parents that kind of saw through so without taking too much of a turn when i was a freshman in high school my best friend died mm-hmm. and so his parents created a scholarship fund so when i was graduating they awarded it to me i think part of it was because we were such good friends, and it was also because I was doing all good this stuff. good for they the school. Yeah. Saw, yes, yeah. saw that you had potential. So, so I was it. able to like, you know, pull together like five hundred bucks there, fifteen hundred bucks there, my job, saving everything, yeah, and made that path. What's well, incredible too, like you know, not too many kids, like you were saying, get the experience a flight to New York, having sitting in a press conference, peppered with questions without your parents yeah without your yeah, parents great. staying in hotels driving in taxis taking trains Big city. all those yeah Big city. all there, that stuff and mtv was that was insane are you kidding, are you me? kidding like, me like yeah downtown that, julie brown that, yeah what? that's all we watched like that yeah, was yeah. Like, channel. mtv that. was a big sports game and and MTV. it was the netflix of of yesteryear yeah it was incredible and did, did and, you did you go sorry to interrupt but did you go to like is that your first time in New York? First ever? time in New York. Like, first, first time, time in the city. Like first. To, well, I don't think it was the first time on a flight. But it wasn't my first time on a flight. I've gone to the East Coast, Florida, done some family trips. Yeah. But no, this was like first time by myself on a flight. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, go ahead. So there was one other thing in my childhood that I thought was really important that really um, influenced me. And when I was into surfing back at the 13 and 14 year, I was into surfing. I went, um, there was all kinds of kids on my street. And we went to some track meet, soccer meet. One of the kids in the family was probably playing. I was bored. So there was a mall across the street, right? I'm the mall rat. Yeah. So I go over to this mall and I'm walking through, I'm walking through this Nordstrom's. And I'm walking through this Nordstrom's and I see this guy sitting behind a table and I had to Signing do a, autographs. I had to do a second take because he was there. Sean Thompson. All by himself sitting at a table and nobody knew who he was. And I did. <laughs> and it was Sean Instinct. Thompson. And Sean Thompson is sitting behind a table doing an autograph signing at a Nordstrom's by himself. No one sitting there. No line. No nothing. They didn't promote it or anything. And and I stood there and then sat there and I must have spent, it seemed like a half hour. It could have been 13 minutes. Before um, you went up to him? No, <laughs> just, just asking sitting him a there and talk. I had, he had nothing to he do with yeah. spend time talking to me. He was probably stoked that he had a surfer to talk to. And what a cool guy. Chad right? just showed us a, uh, a and, Sean Thompson instinct Signed autograph. Yeah, it's like a promo poster they would sign, like autograph piece. To Chad, surfing is living, Sean Thompson. Can we just talk about 
like how hardworking like the pros were back then. And oh. I, I'm not saying disrespectful today, but like, you know, doing tour shops and tours and, and, and going to a Nordstrom's and these yeah. guys were, he was the man back he, then. Yeah. Like that's. Sean Thompson. I mean, talk about entrepreneur. We love entrepreneurs. And yeah. he's had a lot of, you know, business ventures. Some of them failed and some of them didn't, but. You know he's an icon in our in our sport, but, but the show is not about Sean hustling. Thompson. No, but this show what? is about Chad. Do right, Danetta. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it shows you like, wow, what if what if I had met some d bag, you know? And it could yeah, have totally taken you off, me off that. Yeah. And like, here's a guy that just embraced it. Yeah. And so you know, he of course I'll never remember that, but so impactful. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to change it up to his nickname, "Do Your Best," because he's an Eagle Scout. Yeah, yeah. Do your best. Oh, Lars in the Boy Scouts too. Yeah, but nice. I, I didn't go into an Eagle Scout. Okay, right? you yeah. live blocks from yeah. the beach. You, yeah, you had, you had, <laughs> that was my. You had other stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> I live that close to like, the beach. I don't think I'd make. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you guys never gone camping or shot a BB gun or done any of this or started a fire? You know, right. like yeah. so. There's definitely it's good for a lot of people. But that's impressive to be an Eagle Scout. It's impressive to be an Eagle Scout and then win, an win essay. this essay contest and go to... <laughs> so then what, what happened yeah, after? Right. So, okay. Um, I go to New York. Amazing experience. Senior year. And I think my parents went away for the weekend and my brother and I had a huge party. <laughs> what are you going to do? The Standard. parents didn't know yet. Yeah. This is before I went to New York. The parents didn't know. So I thought if I got in trouble... I just tell them I won this essay contest and it would, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I didn't need to pull that out. It worked out. Yeah. I'm going to keep this in my back pocket for a little bit longer in case I get in trouble. How crazy were the house parties back in the day? Well, I mean, look, all of us, what, we were all in high school. Oh, there was dude. no social media. They were ragers. It was, it was way, it was way different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll leave it at that. Keggers. Um, <laughs> so I go down. So now I'm like, okay, high, uh, college. I I only looked at a few colleges. It was Irvine or Long Beach State. I wanted to play water polo, but I wasn't going to get recruited. And UC Irvine told me I needed to make up a credit, so I had to take a summer school class. But I needed to work to earn money to pay for college. So I was like, all right, not UC Irvine. Long Beach State it is. Yeah. And that was another major um, point in my life. We're getting there and now surrounding yourself not only just in a team environment with people that are influenced by similar things, but these are all water people. Most of these people now have grown up near the beach, yeah. surf their brains out, and now your peer group that you're put into that you're spending. Were you bonding, more, bonding with your polo teammates or guys in classes, girls in classes? No, there was no the, none of the classes. I mean, you're so focused on water polo. It was before school and after school. Yeah. So you had no free time and on the weekends. So you so were you're already then started coming through that. Yeah, but you, water polo was your vehicle to do good. That was a high school, and that yeah. was like, hey, you do a sport, and you do a, you're a student, and you get a job. You do those three things, and then you get to college and repeat. And maybe you get into a career. Yeah, didn't have a lot of guidance, right? So who did you move to Long Beach with? By myself, um, I went. I moved down early in Manhattan. My uncle lived there and I, uh, for the whole summer. Manhattan Beach? Manhattan Beach. He lived there and I was a plumber's assistant. So I was digging in sand and new construction sites. Damn. Like down by the strand. I was getting all the grunt work. And then at night from like five to eight, we would have practice at the university. 
before school, you know, that was all summer. Yeah. Training camp. And then I moved into the dorms and, you know, you assigned a roommate. Eat at the cafeteria. The whole drill. You do that for the year. And then I moved out and some of, some kids that were younger than me that got recruited for baseball came down and we all got a place together. Where? And, and in Long Beach. Yeah. And Awful very close Obispo. to the campus. <laughs> not far. We had some pretty shit. Zemino and... Pretty close to Tommy's and stuff Juan like apparel. that. <laughs> so we um, then one of our roommates was a was a an ex roommate of a water polo player. Enter Brandon Lillard. Lillard, no way. Way. That's so insane. Is he... So here's Lillard. Um, yes. For the listeners that don't know, he's a fixture in the surf industry from working in shops to working in brands to boat driver in Tavarua. He's done it all. Pretty yeah. much a badass human. Badass human. Yeah. All the way around. He um, was working in a, sh- a surf shop in high school, surf shop, in San Diego, and he came to Long Beach State. And so... Was he the water polo player no, too? No, he was, he was roommates with another guy from San Diego who was a, cla- who was a teammate of mine on the water polo team. Mm. So Brandon and myself and these baseball players now have a house in Long Beach. Now, was he going to Long Beach State too? or Brandon was going to Long Beach State. Okay. And now Brandon Shaper is Roy Sanchez, Pacific Wavecraft. At that time, he was doing a lot of shaping for Rusty, just starting his label. And Roy Sanchez is good friends with Vipe Desai. Oh, okay. Hey, Vipe calls Roy and says, hey, uh, Vipe calls Roy and says, hey, Roy, I just bought this surf shop in Sunset Beach. Yeah. Which was Paul Burke's shop. Where BK worked. So, Bill Keller. Bill Keller. Thank you. So um, that was an interesting time because Look at that Brandon, Brandon, Brandon started working. Right? So the shaper's right. like, I know someone. I, uh, my buddy Brandon, he serves for me. Right Great there. kid. He's been sponsored by Gotcha, Shanks. Everyone knows him. They'll ver- get him because Vibe didn't know the local kids yet. Yeah. So and Vibe then, knew them from being a surfer down in Inst- Right, right? Right, and I think Vipe was then riding Roy's boards and built a relationship there and wanted to sell Roy's boards in and, and the new H2O. Yeah. And then so by... So Vipe hired Brandon. Brandon Lillard. And, it, and I don't... Maybe six, eight months later, I found myself working there. Wow. So I was a kid like... I was basically ditching college to go to a job to earn money to pay for school. <laughs> it was so messed up. And I had three jobs, right? I was working in a... Besides being a water polo player, then I was working at H2O, working at a pizza place down the street called Pizza Mania, and bartending at nights at the Hyatt Regency Long Beach. Damn. Hustler. Hustler. Yeah. Had to. Yeah. Wow. Had to. Well, how'd you get into bartending? Like, Dude, that's hey, what everybody does. Like you, I started it's a killer working, job, but... Well, because um, at, that, at the Regency, at the Hyatt, they, and we, Brandon and I valeted there too. <laughs> You valued at the Hyatt Regency? And at a couple of the restaurants up on Pine. So at the Hyatt, they would do big banquets. So that was great because it's like, look, where can you work from 6 to 10 p.m. and, and make great, like 25 bucks tips. an hour? Yeah. And so you Maybe do that pick for up the on banquets. a couple tipsy ladies, huh? I don't know. Maybe. The banquets then that would roll into like to <laughs> yeah. bartending gigs. Yeah. Right? And so, and this will be a side story that pieces into another New York clip that we'll get to, but one of one of my other bartenders, good friend, he was in a, just a band. He was a drummer in a band just trying to make it, right? And then so when we get down the road, we'll talk about 
That band turned into Stone Temple Pilots. What? From Long Beach. The From seven Long degrees Beach. of separation or whatever they call it. So yeah, H2O, playing water polo, working and surfing so, my brains out, but over at like outside the shop. And then I surfed a lot at, at uh, the cliffs. Yeah. Before the parking lot was paved, when it was dirt. And, yeah. Yeah. I surfed Anderson Street right. quite a bit. Sure. Loved, loved that spot. But yeah, um, so how was it working at H2O back in the day? Okay. So many people you've had on are coming through there. Yeah. yeah. GT, BK, yeah. Lance Varon, McNutt, the athletes are coming through. I mean, the memories I have of... I was the grunt, right? Since I wasn't the best surfer, I was like, Chad, you're going downstairs and we're selling snowboards too. And you're going to T-nut all the snowboards. Because like Steve Graham and McNutt and Todd Messick, all those guys would come through. They were sponsored. They weren't going to do it. And they're just, fix yeah. my board, tune yeah. my board. And you're th- throwing you some promo and, and just hanging out. like and you're No, going, not at all at that nothing. point. It was just, you're a grunt. You just did it. Yeah. And what's cool is you're going to another school of retail and like industry. You know, you're in the epicenter, be it like not Huntington Main Street, but not the mall. Not the mall. <laughs> not the mall. Definitely not the mall, right? But, but you're. But we were still the redheaded stepchilds because we were in Sunset That's Beach. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And you guys were in Huntington. Off the main yeah. path, but but right. still, people was... drove past us to get to Main but, Street. But you were offering something to a different audience. You were a surf shop, but you're also starting to be known for snowboarding. Right. H2O. Yeah, I mean that's right when the industry when snowboards really took off. Yeah. Right? And, and you hear about that time in, at retail where. Owners of shops just started doing some significant business practically overnight. And yeah. you were there when they created the H2O Classic. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, I had to work the shop when they were Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, the, the, I mean the that, exposure to the reps and the yeah. athletes, the people that, that would come through there every day was amazing. You know, we haven't had Vipe on yet, and we will. Oh, yes. But yeah. The, the, uh, the genius and luck and, like, the impact... Of what that had, you know, at that point in time, it was pretty phenomenal. To they're the first guys to really, Im- hey, we're gonna we're gonna blow up our our cultures, you know, yeah. skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding. You know, what? They're, B, BK they're, has always had Bill Keller's always had a knack for that. Yeah, right. He is so, you guys know him, right? Yeah. He just wants to hug you all the time. Yeah, he wants to reach out, connect people. His intentions are good. And it's like all the things we love in, in one. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect timing for them, but they embraced all these cultures where some, you know, shops like Service Sport, yeah, they knew snowboarding was hot. So they brought in a bunch We tried of it for one right. season. But, but you know what I mean? It, it was that right. era, but they. But then you got two doors down, you got Billy with yeah. that closet right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. Killing it. But, yeah. but, you know, the HQ, yeah, that, that, yeah, that crew was, you know, they were rooted and they were, they were in it. You know, yeah. like, and that's yeah. why it made it successful. And it was tight too, because we were, we realized that we were like the outsiders to a degree, right? We weren't on Main Street. We did have that cool little crew, the Surfside kids that were around us. But I mean, and BK said it in his, like, the waves out back were terrible. Yeah. And I thought I was, I couldn't realize what was wrong because BK would always come back in and say how good the surf was. <laughs> and I'd so go out there and I wouldn't catch any, and I sucked, but. <laughs> I'm like, how can one person say it's so good? And I, I do it every day, bro. I do it every day. <laughs> this guy, it's I didn't even call him for the surf report. I'm like, he knows it was good. 
He says it was fun. Oh, it was great. It was, I got it was three. A it was awesome. Yeah. Super fun. You're but, all fun. But the, the impact of the, the H2O Classic, I mean, that was insane. And that was like, you know, no one, no one did it before. And it helped elevate snowboarding and elevate skateboarding and, and, and just it brought pushed. The, it brought the culture together. Yeah, yeah. Because remember at that time, it was really, you were a surfer yeah. or a skater or a snowboarder. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of brands that were mixing messages. And if they were, they were really trying to make them segmented. Silos. Yeah, silos or yeah. segmented. And that was one where everyone could just, they were already friends. Yeah, yeah. Hang out, have a good time, enjoy it. It's more than just the event. Yeah. It's more than just the contest. Even though you were, you had to man the shop while they were running the contest, you were still, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because at, at night we could all celebrate together and they brought a lot of great bands in. Yeah. And it was just a good environment for everybody. How long did you work at uh, H2O? And was it like busy? Like were you guys cranking? Um... You know, it was no. There was a lot of downtime. Yeah, there was a lot of downtime. Um, it was a lot of fun, but you're look. It's also a second story surf shop on Coast Highway, so not as many people stopped and would come in. But the ones that did, and then as snowboarding started to take off, then the the tour buses would literally park right in front of the store, and people would load in, and everyone would buy snowboards, and it would be just close the store. That's crazy. It was nuts. We, we, hit, her, we hit her number. Yeah. Let's go. We hit her number party. for the month in one day. Wow. Let's do this. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just the environment as a whole. It was slow, but then you have guys, as I mentioned before, GT, but then you have J.O. and G.O., and you have these, these larger-than-life personalities coming in and starting to shape your vision of not just the sport, but really the industry and the happenings. Yeah. And... You know, it was one of those quiet, mellow days sitting there in the shop where the phone rang. Somebody was looking for Vibe. He's not here. Who's this? I'm is the it? manager. <laughs> You're talking to the manager? Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm his partner. What do you got? What do you need? <laughs> um, and it was Isabel Tiani. So Izzy Tiani, who started, her and her sister started Surf, Surf Diva. Diva. yeah, yeah. And they're, they're fixtures in the industry. They've done so much to grow the sport of surfing for women. She called and she said, oh, I was looking for Vibe. Chad, what's up? How you doing? What's going on? I'm good. I'm working in the shop. I'm getting ready to go to New York. I'm, I was getting ready to graduate. So I was, I was thinking maybe there was an opportunity in New York. For, what, what for are you what? doing? What are you doing? So I said, um, she told me that she had started working at Transworld, that they were doing a snowboarding fundraiser. And it was like entertainment and bands and it was to raise money for children with AIDS. And I was like, wow, I was really interested in hearing. And she was so excited about it. I was like, right on, cool. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to talk to some of my friends at MTV. I'll spread the word. And it's like, all right. And you hang up and that's that. My friends so at MTV. Did, did you have friends at MTV? <laughs> so at this point in college, I was... Um, I was, Networking hard. Obviously. I was starting to get go down this road of, of advertising. Mm -hmm. I was identifying and recognizing that this is an industry. This is something that I'm interested in. You talk about um, um, Tom spoke about McElroy spoke about Falcone and Belding. Yeah, and I got a small internship there. Well, that was at the tail end of uh, the the Sunkist adventure. No way. Right. So what I what I 
as I jump around, freshman year of high school, freshman year of college, after it finishes, Sunkiss calls me up and says, hey, what are you doing for the summer? I don't know. You want to drive around a, a van all around California and give out product? What? Okay. Long story short, they flew me and my one of my best friends out to Connecticut. That's where the agency was located. We picked up a stickered van with all kinds of merch on the inside. We were given $10,000 cash and said, just turn, turn in your receipts. What? Wow. And we had, we had two weeks to get it back to California. And I had all summer to go wherever I wanted. So you drove across country? We drove across country just to get the, to, into the territory. To California. Because the California was my region. Expenses paid, 10,000. Cash. Dang. <laughs> Roll back the clocks, let's go. Right, and your van is Sun full. Sunkiss, where are you? Your van is Late full night with like chalky. soda and, <laughs> and hats and frisbees and t-shirts. Yeah. So every like toll booth, every place we went. You're all, yeah, throwing stuff. So then, out. fast forward, in the summer times, you're getting all your buddies together. So your your introduction to, to marketing 101 is go, we're going to Zula Beach, throw two coolers of, of cold soda on the roof, and start throwing T-shirts out until you're done. And like you know, and I laugh. So I would pick where's all the, the best sauce, uh, best first spot. Where's the surf tour? Yeah. yeah. What? This is the first event in Oceanside, the No Fear Kelly's first event. I'm walking through the parking. Like, I just pull that thing up and I look official. So were you oh, yeah, working? come on in. Was that yeah. during H2O's time or? Yeah, it was, right? It was, yeah. yeah. I was still in college, H2O, doing this. And then, Holy this is probably, God. this is right before H2O. Because this is the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. Okay. And Brandon and I moved in on sophomore year. So this is freshman, sophomore. And so all that Sunkiss soda we would have as Brandon and I were roommates forever. So yeah, there was overlap. That's and so then, awesome. But were they, like, here, here's a funny one. Yeah. Oceanside, no fear event, in the parking lot. Oh my God, Kelly Slater. It's his first pro event. First he, pro event? His, I think it was his first pro event. You guys are the historians here, but look that up. Okay. But I think it was his first pro event. And if you now I look, and if you go to like Paskowitz Surf Camp, and you'll see old photos of Kelly there with all the campers and the sunkist t-shirt. <laughs> It's because, you know, that's yeah. what I did. Oh, we got to find that one. That's what Dude. I did. No way. So were they, obviously you had a van full of stuff and you're throwing out shit every day, every weekend. Were they sending you like restock, refills? So like, the I deal mean, was all the soft goods and, and all the merch you had to keep for the summer. But then you would start, I would go every week down to the bottler. Yeah. And like they had never done this before, this type of promotion. Mm. So I'd show up 19, maybe 20 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Um, I need 50 cases. They're like, how many do you want? I don't know. Yeah. How many should I take? Start with 45. Yeah. Three weeks later, I'd be like, all right, I need 75 yeah. of those. <laughs> Plus my boys need some root beer. And I need some of that RC cola from mom. Okay, yeah. stat, you know. Yeah. And, you and figure it out. You get it wired. I'd go home and I'd be like, my friends would come home. There'd be cases on their doorstep. Yeah. Ashland. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was... It was I mean, but it was good times. That was fun. So it's like I'm getting these amazing jobs and experiences. Yeah. Above. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call guerrilla marketing. Yes. 100%. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. and, it, and it works for a startup brand and it works for a well-established like, yeah. big brand like that. And Sometimes when you, when you get too big and you forget, oh, shit, you know, how do we connect with the, the normal people, yeah. the regular people? 
guerrilla marketing. Well, and it's like, hey, you know what? Pull out your Thomas Guide. Yeah. Hey, hey, listeners, if you don't know what a Thomas Guide is, Google that. Okay. Yeah. Because there's no internet. You're looking no. at newspapers to see where there's events. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a, a sandcastle building contest in Mission Beach. Or there's some other like so you would go for contests in Santa Barbara, you and I'd go like, to different types I'd go of anywhere I wanted. Just tell them where I'm going, and they'd be like, "There was no oversight." Yeah, yeah. All right, kid. And you did yeah. it for a whole summer. All summer. All they cared about is the band's not sitting, and you're doing you're passing out yeah. stuff, and and and, and you know, that's a great that's a experience. really great game. that was a great experience, right? So then you roll back into all this time in the surf shops and meeting people in the industry. Well, go back to the Izzy story and then... So the Izzy story was great. What was happening at that same time is then, um, I'm getting ready to graduate. And it's like, what am I going to do? I was really kind of interested in MTV, right? I was enamored by many, what, my senior year in high school when I took that trip. Yeah. How do I get back there? Yeah. I knew one person. When I was a kid growing up, there was two older sisters that lived across the street, and one of them worked there. At wow. MTV? One of my babysitter when I was a little kid. Dang. What did she, like, on the West Coast, or she was in New York? She was in New York. And, like, I hadn't seen her since she babysat me. But, you know, it's family. Hey, Amy, I'm going to come to New York uh, this week, and I'm going to do some meet for some internships. Can you help me get a meeting over there? This is what I'd like to do. I'm going to be out of town that week, but you can stay in my place. All right, cool. Um, I had already looked at the Hyatt Regency, transferring my job over there. I was getting ready to graduate. At this point, then, you know, Izzy was calling me right before. And I said, hey, I'm going to go to New York. I'll spread the word. So I go to New York. I'm sitting on, on my babysitter's. I have a whole reign of her place, little flat, for a week without her. And at the night, big apple. and again, like I, there's no cell phone, there's no internet, nope. like I'm there by myself in the city and I'm just like, I could feel the energy. I just wanted to do something. Yeah. New York could do that to you. It's amazing. And I start reading this book that's in her house and it's this book called Come As You Are. Come As You Are, The Story of Nirvana. Wow. I like Nirvana. Yeah. I was reading the story and, and I'm like halfway into the book and essentially long story short, the whole band attributes their success and their popularity on one person at MTV. Dang. And it was my babysitter. Shut the front door! <laughs> the book is about... And it says her name in it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, mind you, while I'm staying there, now pe- a lot of people You're are calling. Like, I'm in my babysitter's and I'm reading a book. That <laughs> you had no idea. You book. can tell. You can't, like, call tell your friends what's happening. This is all... Just unfolding in front Holy of your eyes. Smokes. So I'm like, this is amazing. People what, are calling while I'm there. What was her role at MTV? Her role was, she was a talent, talent? booker for, uh, what was it, 160 minutes? 120 minutes? So it was the alternative after, like, you know, it was like the late night. Yeah. And the, the long night. story there is, she, her, her job is to find new talent. And she kept wanting to push Nirvana. And they are just like, no, no, no. And she was like, look. If you don't play this band, if you don't let me do what you've paid me to do, I'm done. I'm out of here. And they're like, fine. And the thing just took off. Yeah. And that band and the the band became really good friends. Come as you are. So I'm staying there. Credit your... Babysitter. Amy. Amy Finnerty. What up, Amy? You you had no idea about this at all. I had no idea what she did there. 
Nothing. And you're sitting in her house reading this book and read her name. So people are calling, right? Because she doesn't have a cell phone. Nobody has cell phones. And yeah. people are calling, leave, leave who's message. this? She's like a single woman in New York. Like a dude's answering. Who's this? I'm Chad. We're friends. All right. Tell her Dave called. Okay. Okay. Tell her Butch called. Okay. Okay. Tell her Billy called. Okay. Billy Corrigan, Butch Vig, Dave Grohl. Heavy I'll dudes. tell them that. I have no idea because they're just using their first name. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Amy comes back. It's like the whole. Are you taking phone numbers whole, down too? The whole reckoning, like taking the notes? whole thing. <sighs> Amy comes back. The whole reckoning. Nobody called. Everything. <laughs> she, I have no idea who these people are. She's like, oh hey Chad, I'm back in town. This is great. Hey, couple things. Um, tonight, Stone Temple Pilots are doing their unplugged. Do you want to go? I'm like, yes, I do. Of course, I do. By myself. Fast forward, I'm going to unplug for Stone Temple Pilots, where I've worked with the drummer. He has no idea I'm there. Wait, what? Go back to when I was at Long Beach State yeah. and working at the Hyatt. The, the other bartender was the drummer of Stone Temple Pilots. Before, they were called Ugly Kid... No, not Ugly Kid Joe. They were... They had another name. It wasn't... A, that was a uh, band. But, um, yes, they, they yeah. then became... Changed the name, Stone Temple Pilots. A couple years later, here we are. They're an MTV Unplugged. You recognize each other? No. I knew he was there, but it's like he had no idea, and I'm just in the audience as a single. Okay. And we talk about how I'm this goody-goody. <laughs> I don't like to, like, break lines. I don't like to, like, sneak in places. Yeah, that show was done. Close up. House lights are on. And I just went straight backstage. Straight backstage. Didn't listen to anyone. Weaved through the crowds. Saw an open elevator, didn't know why. I went in there, doors closed. I'm in there with all these people, and I'm just like, Where am I going? Where am I doing? Doors open, and I'm listening for the noise. Noise down the hall. Go down the room, dressing room, go to my friend. (laughs) How how the fuck do you get in here? (laughs) What are you doing here? Three hours later, in the limo with the whole band, going out to dinner. What? So that was an amazing time. Great stories, great experiences. Now, this is, I learned a huge lesson. I learned a huge lesson because now here I am, this little kid, like, I'm so rad. I'm hanging out with rock stars. I go home and the babysitter's like, how was it? It was great. She's like, well, tomorrow it's Nirvana Unplugged. I'll put your name down. And I said, no, no, it's cool. I'm going with Eric. (laughs) And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. The drummer from? Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Again, no cell phones. Yeah. So fast forward, and it's like, you got to be there by 7, and it's like 6.45. Finally, the phone rings. Chad, they've been having all-day rehearsals at Saturday Night Live. The band got in a fight, and he's like, I'm not going to go tonight. Oh. I'm just over it. I'm like, it's cool. No worries. <laughs> Start crying. <laughs> and literally, like, I walked all the way to Midtown to the Sony studio where it was. Just like, is my name you know on the list? Yeah, you know yeah, you know exactly. Mean? All of it. Yeah. Like nothing. Denied. And I learned such a valuable lesson then that like, you know, don't ever big league anybody. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever. Because like, think about that night and what, like, I, wow. Well, you, just, you, just you, cover your, your bases. Like, hey, Amy, I, I'm, I'm going to go with your Yeah, double down. Double down. Big, yeah, put me on the list plus one in case uh, this yeah. doesn't go through. So, so having it. this whole experience, next day goes on. And Amy gets me in the door at MTV for an internship interview. Yeah. 
oh yeah, this is what I do. I work at this shop and oh, my friends are at Transworld and they're going to do this big event and snowboarding, fundraiser, bands. Okay, cool. Nice kid. Okay, cool. Amy, we met with your friend. Yeah. Get him out of here. So... He didn't get the job. It was an internship and TBD, right? No decision made right there. I go back to California. It must have been two or three days later. The whole upper... The executive team from Transworld comes into New York. First time they've ever gone on a big trip. We have a big announcement to make. We're going to do this event. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know all about it. The snowboarding event for celebrities to raise money for teenagers with AIDS. And they're like, how do you know? know? <laughs> like, oh, we saw Chad. And they're like, Chad, Chad? who? <laughs> what? And they're like. And Izzy, who's running this whole thing, is actually back home in San Diego on Oceanside at Transworld. They ring her up. Izzy, who's this guy, Chad? Oh, he's just a friend of mine just spreading the word. They're like, get him. Yeah. Get him. And she's, so, Holy hey, Chad, I know you're living in Long Beach and you're getting ready to move to New York. Do you want an internship for us? No, we can't pay you anything. No, we can't give you money for gas to drive here. <laughs> Oh, you'll do it? Three days a week? <laughs> Work for free? Okay. Sign me up. And so, oh, I'm going to get an essay. I'm going to write an essay. I won $10,000. I don't get any of it. Cool. But I just love the fact that you're taking this this knowledge that's pa- that's passed on to you from your friends and, and colleagues or people you know, and, and you're taking the initiative and actually networking, not knowing if it's going to work out for your own interest. You know? like but, You're there for an internship. But what's funny, Chad, is yeah. this is the second time that you performed, right? For lack of a better word, you you pulled through on your end on something that's asked for. Well, you know, because there was nothing to lose because it wasn't really that I had to deliver anything. I was just connecting the dots. Yes. I'm just connecting people and doing this is this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Like I but the I, I really cared about what this what this event was going to be, I wanted to help Izzy. Yeah, and I thought like well, it's going to help you. And should in, know about this. Yeah, but it's funny though, right? Because <laughs> you're you're you want to be rewarded, right? Yeah. You wrote an essay that won. Oh yeah. You didn't get rewarded. You you go to you got rewarded by going and it, meeting it, with it the fueled Stone the pe- fire. It fueled, yeah, it fueled me. The Stone pe- Temple Pilots. You got to go to that, but then you got let down because. You didn't get to go to the thing, yeah, to and you didn't get the intern job at MTV, and then you freaking well, so blew. No, this is what was interesting. So I went back, and they hadn't decided, and they're like, it's an internship. You're not going to get paid. So like, there was no like yes or no. And as I come back, then there's a decision to make, because Kirk Zach from Kemper at the time was the rep. He wanted me to come work in-house at Kemper. And I was like, wow. Okay, so I could... Leave everything I know, warm water, because remember, I'm driving from Seal Beach, where I was living, Seal Beach at the time, to Oceanside. Like, come on, you guys, that drive next to the ocean, how beautiful is that? (laughs) All the spots to surf. Now I was going to leave everything, not know anyone except my babysitter, and go to New York and work in the Hyatt and just try to make it. Or then I just got offered a job. I could stay here in sunny California Work a customer. That's my first leg into a company. Yeah. Customer service. At customer Kemper. service. And where was Kemper? Where was... It was in, in the LA, Orange County area okay. at the time. But were any of your friends tripping that you're like, I'm going in, like, 
because you're you're not going there with anybody else you're solo you know and if are, are your friends calling you out like dude you're crazy like what do you think you're gonna go get a job was anybody like no go do it or not or no, against it because it's like i i mean because if I, I, I had nothing guys i had nothing <laughs> yeah i i needed to figure out how i was gonna eat i mean at this time in college like to support myself i got a credit card lied about my annual income and was taking cash advances to pay rent <laughs> like when when i was working at transworld until i got a job i had defaulted on my student loan i had no money put myself through college and the way that transworld worked is as as you guys recognize i got a job there from all this experience yeah and that just finally dug okay. me out of a hole so but let's so, not go too fast so yeah so they call you, or Izzy calls you and says, yeah, we want you to intern. You're not getting paid anything. Right. And I was like, killer. Come to Transworld <laughs> all day. Transworld skateboarding, Transworld snowboarding. That's insane. That sounds awesome. What am I going to do? We're doing this thing called Board Aid, right? And this was amazing because it's like, you know, Chad, you have to call all the companies and get all the free product you can get from them. And they're all advertisers anyway, so they're going to love to hear from you. Here's their numbers. Go for it. And... Hey, I came up with the stupid idea that we could do these regional music shows at all with a with somehow I got Moose McGillicuddy's in Long Beach yeah. to come in and be a venue, which they had Long Beach and San Diego. And then like a kid that had no business so you, in you the industry this. is now booking shows with like Sublime and Lucy's Fur Coat and Corn and doing all these shows as fundraisers to raise money for, for boarding. For and then it was my job to then talk to all the athletes and make the pros were going to be there. And while, you know, there was a skate ramp there and all these skate things going on for the snow side of things, the editors didn't really want to get their hands wet because they're like, ah, this thing sounds, this could go sideways. I don't want to tell the pros what to do. Hey, let's get that kid Chad. He'll do it. Yeah. And so I was calling all the pros like Terrier and Brushy. You're going to come here this day. This is where you park. Come find me and get your pass. And and so... Networking. So you started becoming an event I was an planner. intern. It's like, you do whatever you want. I'm there to help you, Izzy, put this on. Yeah. You're and an event planner. We're, you're we're, an event yeah, coordinator. It, you're an event... It's, I mean, uh, it's whatever. Yeah. You're, you're wearing... You're starting to wear and learn the different... Well, uh, he's, the he's different, the like, jobs and, and roles of... Events. Well, what what's happening is Which now is, you're, he's learning it all, but he's he's the front man taking names, wearing the hat, like making yeah. sure people know where to park and you pick up a pass. Like, but that's yeah. he's doing every single. Part. You're getting face to face with all of these. <laughs> I mean, guess what I, is I guess this? athlete and celebrities. So, Eagle so Scout. yeah, so you're interfacing with everyone. <laughs> yeah, and, and but you're also you're also in this building with with sixty a hundred people that are generally the same age, generally in the same place this is in life. Gold. That are like gold. that are like completely, you know, they're they're such creative and interesting people. You have photo editors and writers and art directors, and the place was amazing. People sleep all night there. So coming into this environment, where now all of a sudden all these places, I went from this a team environment being in water polo. I never had that community. This is my surf crew. Yeah, it was like me and Lillard, or just kind of me. By myself, and now I'm surrounded by everyone at Transworld. Like this is pretty cool. Yeah, 
this is amazing. And you're in the real world and there's timelines and there's deadlines and there and, and everybody's it's and, crunch time. And, but everyone's having the time of their lives. Yeah. So working you're, and you're working at H2O I'm still. I'm working at H2O, driving three days a week to Oceanside. To Oceanside from Seal Beach. And the H2O Classic was happening too, uh, right? During yeah, that time. Yeah, they were probably like four years deep by that time. So you're like, it's kind of rad because you're like absorbing and through osmosis from, from H2O events and from the shop to the reps to the media MTV you're it, like you're like you know it, it, you're it, learning a bunch of different things that you won't learn anywhere else you know what I mean yeah it was incredible you're in a, you were in the right place at the right time for what you were supposed to do in life yeah you know but, what I mean? but it's, it's everything he's passionate about involved in he like surfs he snowboards he's in it and it's like yeah he and he could take the skill set or the things he's interested in and and fuse that with you know I mean, Trans World, what a perfect... It was perfect. What a so, perfect so, you know, incubator. So, so having that exposure you know? to everyone, after the event, they saw me, I was handling business and not getting paid for it. Yeah. And they're like, hey, how about a job? Yeah. And I was like, ooh, to do what? And they're like, well, we need someone to work in advertising to sell ads in the media. I'm like, I wanted to make ads. I don't want to sell ads. Mm. But then that same wrestle of like, well, it's a job. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. I don't have more, to move, you know. I love the beach and this, and the, and I'm like, and this felt. And selling is and in this your blood, felt like an environment. Yeah. Selling is in your blood. Your dad was a salesman. Yeah, but it didn't really feel like it was something you needed to sell, right? Yeah. So coming in that first year, all the ad reps now around me, I have like the pinnacle person in snow, the pinnacle person in skate, and the pinnacle person in surf that manage those relationships. And what they did is all the bad low life deadbeat accounts they gave them to me yeah right i'm the new guy this guy advertised he dropped off this guy you know wants to downsize to a quarter page from or like this is like like, i don't even know who this company is take care of this and it's like all right i'm into this let's do this and you were the junior ad sales guy and they're like hey you're gonna make 20 grand a year and i was like that sounds awesome (laughs) sign me up junior ad sales right for all those titles there and so the first year, it was ridiculous because the first year, imagine those first phone calls and I would be on, again, Click. on the phone, like, hello? Okay, you want, your, your company's name is Special Blend and you want to get a four-color spread in every issue, all eight. Oh, you have a snowboard brand too. Oh, okay, so you want four pages every issue Oh, you have another snowboard brand. So these companies, the industry was absolutely exploding. Yeah. Blowing and up. people were handing me these accounts that were like... They didn't, they, they didn't they know were, the potential. You, well, they, talk, weren't, they weren't named, you know, top yeah. shelf brands. Like, yeah. Or then you have these other brands who were like um, some European upstarts that had all the money but none of the credibility. Yeah. So it's like, well, you're going to be on the one-time rate. So that's essentially like $20,000 for a full page of advertising. And they'd be like, okay. We're not, and and so, so it was incredible. So that first year, I'm getting all these crazy accounts that are turning into major players in the industry. Yeah. And they're like, you don't get paid because it's commission. You don't get paid till the end of the year. So I'm just, you know. Are you keeping track? I'm just working bit? my ass off, having a blast, being traveling around, the, not the world yet. 
but traveling around the nation, meeting all these accounts. Yeah. At the end of the year, 20 grand? No, here's 90 grand. Wow. Here's 90 grand. I was like, what? I and I literally defaulted on my student loan two weeks prior, paid it off in full. I was really into watches, so I wanted to get myself a nice watch. And it was. And, and I wanted to have a party to thank all my friends. So was this the first year? Very first year in my wow. job. Are you kidding me? This is amazing. And how, how long was the intern? How long did that last before you got that? The internship was just during board aid, so it so, couldn't have been more than three months. Okay, so that. So you quick, quickly earned your, your keep. Your keep. When you're hungry, you work hard. Yeah. When you don't have anything, you work hard. Yeah. And I was motivated. And, and again, it's like, what? Twist my arm? I have to go and like <laughs> hang out with the editors of Skate Mag. And like, you know, the guys, you go in the photo booth and, and the photo office. And there'd be two doors to come into the office. And that one locks, but the lock on this one's broken. It's like, hey, kid, sit down next to the door. And I'd sit there, and then all the refrigerators that held all the film, and because we worked with film back then, yeah. they also held all the booze. <laughs> so we'd all be just drinking. I'm like, this is great. It We're was drinking. a mini right? Paid, and mini this is my Mad job. Mini Mad Men. And, yeah. and I'm listening so to good. like to John Foster and Grant Britton and everyone just chop it up. Yeah. And it was amazing. And and those people, they're just quality people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a healthy work environment. Hence, you know, the alcohol and everything goes, you know, goes along with it. But these are all people that are, I mean, they grew up in the culture too, you know, and everybody's in there and to be able to get a job. Well, you know, what's, what's crazy is incredible. Not only were you learning valuable what do you call it? Lessons Just and life lessons. Life it's lessons work, though. but business, you know, yes, yes. acumen, right? And, you're and, you're and getting people, business acumen, and you're, people are figuring out because now I'm I'm now able to walk into the owner, the founder, the CMO at a time when perfect examples we've talked about you've talked about in the shows before. At a time when the sunglass wars were going nuts, I was able to go in the back secret room with Greg Arnett. Yeah. And the same day, I'd be down at Dragon with Will Howard. Yeah. And you just got to know to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And you don't talk about things you shouldn't talk about. But the access and the, 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 the way that people were so willing to teach yeah. and show you things because they were figuring it out for the first time. Yeah. And at the same time, you talk about those pinnacle players where in that first year when snowboarding took off, I was a connector in that. Yeah. So now it's like, well... Who handles all the surf brands? Yeah. Preston does. PM. So PM is like, look, all my snow, my, all my surf brands want to carry snowboard gear. You're the snow guy. Come up to Hurley with me or Billabong at the time. Come to Rip Curl. Come to yeah. Gotcha with me. And I'm walking in those doors with PM. Yeah. It's like every door I walked into, people were automatically cool, accepting me, and they saw me as as someone that had sp specific information and experience in snow yeah. that could help them. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you're, you're the founder of this brand or that brand. Like, I want to help you guys. It's yeah. easy. Let me show you. This is, uh, it, it's great because as you were talking about that before, like these no-name brands that became big brands, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Special Blend and blah, blah, blah. Like you... You know, you didn't create those ads, but you helped them place them. It was really interesting in a time when it was before people, these brands had websites. So if you're a snow brand, 
you were probably spending 90%, if not all of your marketing budget, all of your advertising budget yeah. Yeah. with Transworld yeah. and being the person responsible for building those, people want to know, like, yeah. Chad, am I doing, is this, am I spending my money the yeah. right way? Yeah. Like you would you're, tell me you're the truth. almost like a, a, a money market fund manager. You know what I mean? It's not dollars, it's it's placement, right? And and like it's placement. It's also like you have to earn the trust because why is that brand in front of me? Yeah. Yeah. What made them earn it? And I was I was very open and transparent. Yeah. Like, yes, they spend more than you and they've done it for more years than you and yeah. they've earned this, but if this happens, you will have the chance to come here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pecking order based on and dollars spent and you know, brand support you know, yeah. advertising support, you know? Yeah. Like you, you do all 12 issues, you're going to get bumped up. You do six issues, you get, you know, like it's, it's just, it's a numbers game, but and the, they're all competing to get that best spot. And the wonderful lesson, I think what, what people should get from this, right, is what I was kind of like teasing you about. Like you, you, you performed in the SA1, didn't get shit. You, you helped Transworld blow, help blow up uh, Board Aid at MTV, they knew about it before they even started talking. Right. And that got you an intern, but you didn't really get, it didn't yeah. get you money. Well, but it got me, it got, it got me you the, the job. Door. It got you the intern. It got me the job, yeah. which then is like led but, to everything. Right. And and the, the lesson is like, don't do it for the money. Do it because, you know what I mean? Like that, you, you yeah. if you work hard and you're passionate about something, the money, the money come. comes. Yeah. The money will come. Yeah. That's work always hard. been the way. Yeah. Work hard and 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 <laughs> follow your passion. Like you gotta be. It's hand in hand. It's you can so work hard like, and make a dollar. You're like 21, 22. Yeah, 22, 23 at the time. And you're making. You got 90 k. Was that all 1099? Were you able to like, make sure you, you, you paid Uncle Sam? Oh yeah, everyone got paid. <laughs> so so. Uh, what did you and tell your dad? Open, you... This is opening my door because now I'm getting paid. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go to Tabarua. <laughs> what do I want to do? Yeah, right? I went out and got that first watch, which, which, you know, that first watch was also a, such a learning experience because that's when the light bulb went on. When I could afford a nice watch, but I realized, look, well, that's clout right I'm there. Working, that's like, but know, I'm working with brands like, like a lot of these other founders. They they hadn't reached success yet. To where they would spend money like that on themselves. And I'm still working with people who only had money to even advertise in the business journals. Not even like the real yeah. uh, publication for consumers. So I couldn't just go out and get a Rolex or Omega. Because that would have turned everyone off. Yeah. But I wanted something more than a G-Shock or a Freestyle. Because they were just like mm. the disposables. And what I ended up with was this great watch. It was an automatic stainless steel Seiko. I have it today. And it was it was an automatic watch, so Seiko no battery. Super, I mean, respectable. They got a killer. Yeah, it's a killer watch. But what I realized is, wait a second, this isn't a brand. Yeah. This is a product. And here's a guy that's into my Arnett sunglasses and into my Etni shoes and into my clothing. But I don't have a brand. This is the most important thing: is my watch to me, and I don't have a brand. And that's when the light went on for me. And I said, Wow! Did you grow up appreciating watches? I, I wouldn't say I appreciated them, but I, I, w I always wore a watch. It was a functional need that, you know, like, hey, you got to be home at a certain time. Yeah. And then, you know, with the excitement of making the watch bands and the extra money, that always just kept my eye on yeah. it. 
And it was at very much at that time because at that time it was it was acceptable, right? When I was in high school, I was talking about, oh, it's more, we want to be more idealistic and we want to be less materialistic. Yeah. No. By the time the 90s rolled through and the late, it was the late 90s and the 2000s, it was materialistic, bling, bling drip, bling. Yeah. Yeah. show it so, all. So it's funny, you know. But that's a token you, of success. You rewarded too. yourself with the watch and, and a Seiko watch, which mm-hmm. you said it's, it's a product, not like, a brand and lifestyle there's no feeling towards it right? right right and here you are working for marketing which is all about brand which is all about feeling right right so you're like fuck i is need that- something i need a brand that represents and that's where i went nobody's doing this yeah and i just kept that one away because now this is like the end so the first year is done now i have money now i have confidence because i've been super successful yeah i'm getting promoted um, and so now I'm like, yeah, this is okay. This is what's next. And I had, what else did I do? Then I had a big party. I'm like, okay, I want to reward myself, pay off my debt owed to school. And now I'm going to have a big party <laughs> and I have, bless, bless you. you. And so I threw at my house when I lived with Lillard and Aaron Smith from destination surf, <laughs> I threw a themed prom party <laughs> and I invited all my friends and I spent like some good dough. Like we had... A band there that played like a nice stand-up band, and people rented rented limousines Holy to come smart. to my house in a little residential zone that I rented at, and I had every major owner this is incredible. of snow and skate brands, yeah, and top pros. I mean, I remember walking in, Sean Palmer and Sean Farmer were on my roof, peeing onto people trying to walk into the party. What? Later on that night, Damn snowboarders. I, found, I found the same two guys in my garage with the helium tank that we'd used to blow up all the balloons. <laughs> and I was like, guys, don't, please. And they just laughed and stopped. But So so I had this huge party. Yeah. The founders and owners of Transworld are there. And they're looking around my crappy little house. And everyone you look around is they're all their major advertisers. Yeah. And they told me, like, Chad, next year, we're paying for this. And it it was, became an annual thing almost? It became an annual thing. We did it for like four or five years. <laughs> and this was just you celebrating, like, I My made friends, it, I'm doing like, this, and yeah. I'm going to you know, have a party. But it ended up turning into something It's way like Colin bigger. Wing at Wahoo's, and he threw free food at it. The guys at Heckler Brow Beer threw kegs at it. Like, everyone, everyone supported it. It was just a cool, good time. That but it became incredible. a thing, and it was the good. prom and, forever young. Saturday night, May 4th, 1996. Bad day. We th- missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm like, I'm like three or four years of just repeat. It's like Groundhog Day, but the industry is growing even more. Shops, commerce, yeah, and the relationships I'm building in the industry. It's just I could really walk into any brand at this point, be welcome, have good conversations with good quality people. And it was a blast. But at this time now, I'm like, okay, I have this opportunity to come into all these people's offices. And what am I learning from them on sales, on distribution, marketing strategies? And it all just started keep going into this idea that I had of doing a watch company. Why is this brand successful? What athletes are they using? What's yeah. their product niche? What's their this? What, you know, like there's a lot to Cause, you know, absorb. At the time in our space, in, in action sports... You had Freestyle and G-Shock. G-Shock was like coming in and out. Swatch. Yeah. 
<laughs> Swatch, same, kind of. same thing. Like those, they had already had like their big success. So but, were, but those were the, and you the had three like, that yeah, were kind of. You had like in and out brands like Mambo. Mambo, you had Animal, which was Animal, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So really it was freestyle. And then, and then like Quicksilver had some stuff. Yeah. And Rip Curl. Yeah. The, 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 it was less than a month before we were, our product was just coming in. We we're getting ready to do our first shipments hold out on, the shops. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back to the beginning, though. Yeah. Oh man, you want to go? That's right. We got to talk a lot before shipping the product. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so the oh, name. Okay. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, you're working. You know, you're seeing connecting. You're seeing, yeah. So you had the idea of creating a brand, but more of like a something with substance and. For a while, yeah, you know, I didn't even know yet. That's what I wanted. I just I recognized this was a category that I was really focused on, and this seemed like Ashland. This seemed like Ashland, an opportunity where it just made a lot of sense because there's two things I really cared about that made a you know the industry of action sports and then watches. And here, here you Ashland. And here you are, three years, four years deep in in Transworld. Yeah, three, because I put in four and a half years total. It was that quick. It was in, and I had this idea. I had been really starting to look at it on all my trips. I was starting to travel globally now, meeting owners and founders of companies in different parts of the world, hearing their stories, learning more, continuing to see this, this open spot. And I went, I was back home. I went out to dinner with a couple friends. Uh, Eric Koch, who was the you know, running marketing for Burton at the time, and Lisa Hudson, who was at, where were you, Lisa? You, she was at a snowboard clothing brand here in uh, the North County, and I took, we went to Sushi. I said, hey, guys, I got an idea. Watches. <laughs> and it. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric Koch is, love him, but he's, you know, everyone has that friend who's, the most negative naysayer ever. That's a stupid idea. Why would you do that? Never a good idea. <laughs> he called me the next day. And he was like, hey, you know that watch idea? That's pretty good. Did you bust out a name? No, no, no. I, no, it's just like, just, just, just like watches. Yeah. Literally, it was that. Yeah. Here's the category. Here's the catch. So he's like, man, that's a really good idea. He's like, you know what? You should talk to Andy. And Andy, Andy Lotz, was... Eric's roommate in Burlington, Vermont. They both worked at Burton together. Andy was the product manager for snowboards. So he, being an engineer himself, would work with the athletes and other engineers. And then he would work with the factories to get the boards produced yeah. at the, the way yeah. Terrier or Brushier or any So no, no better person than somebody like him to talk about design and product, right? Well, Here's a guy that's built a career on building technical product that people yeah. are interested in for emotional reasons. Yeah. And Burton is one of those brands in not just snowboarding, but in the, in the, in the world of brands that has clout, cachet, right? It's like it's a powerful yeah, brand. So authentic. authentic. Right? Powerful, authentic, but they were able to execute athlete's vision and, and, and being first to market and, and dialing in like yeah. category after category. Like we're going to open up this category and dominate in this yeah. category. Yeah. And, and they had the respect. So it didn't matter yeah. if you were, if you were a hardcore snowboarder or you were a surfer or a skater, 
Burton's name. Burton was cool. You were Burton down. was really sophisticated packaging, sophisticated branding. Premium. That is a premium brand that, you know, when you think of like classy brands, you think of like Stussy, you think of like, you think Burton, you know? It, so. was, it was a brand that cared about the product and, and had a goal of making snowboard better. Yeah. So Andy, you know, look, Andy's from the East Coast, I'm the West Coast. He's, he's the brain, I'm a little bit more in the mouth. He was a mechanical engineering, got his mechanical engineering degree from Cornell. He went, got a job at Burton, had a good run at Burton, and decided, you know what? I want something more than this. Yeah. And so he enrolled and was accepted into business school at Stanford. Wow. So I had met Andy because he would come out being Koch's roommate. They would come out and connect with Bruce Beach and the Arnett boys, and they'd go on surf trips down to Mexico. And I'm sorry, you said Eric Koch was Eric marketing? Eric Koch was running marketing at Burton. Wow, okay. Which is a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. So he was one of your clients. Yeah, but he was For- a friend. It was interesting because he'd moved out here. He was done with the East Coast lifestyle. He was running marketing from Cardiff, California. So he's right down the street. Yeah. So we were hanging all the time. So Andy being from the East Coast, I was the West Coast. He was the product head. He went to Stanford. And um, we had met tangentially on a few different, through mutual friends. And I wound up going to, I think it was um, SIA trade show a few weeks later. And that's where all the big snow and ski brands yeah. show off their product for the next year. And Andy was there because he was doing some technical writing for Snowboarder at the time. So we bumped into each other at the trade show. He said, hey, I heard you got an idea for me. Wow. And I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking, watches. And he was just finishing up his first year of a two-year graduate program at Stanford. So he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. But like... You know, this company Google just started and like big things are happening. He wasn't really sure that getting into action sports again was going to be this next big idea. Yeah. So he said, you know what? Like, I'm going to go back and think about it and I'll call you. Yeah. Somebody like him who's already a brainiac who is going to Stanford, right? Cornell. And graduated from Cornell, but then yeah. going yeah. the extra yeah. step. Yeah, the, the team riders would say, wait, 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 let me get this straight. You went to college, right? And he's like, yeah. And you graduated, right? He'd say, yeah. <laughs> and then you went back to college. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's injecting more fucking knowledge that is, it makes my head hurt to you know, even think about it. It was kind of different. There's a lot of talented, smart people in our industry and not... Not at that stage in the industry, not many had gone through and graduated, let alone graduate school. Yeah. Um, so, so here's a person. I hate those who, extra, um, <laughs> extra credit, credit extra credit, work hard, <laughs> extra credit. A plus. Well, you got an Eagle Scout over here, dude. That's no slap. Hey, yeah, he, I'll take that, but that other guy, he pisses me off. Hey, I'll, I'll save Andy you in a forest. Man, fuck Andy Lott, man. <laughs> I'll save you in the forest with a bear. But y'all making this look bad. <laughs> no shit, man. You already got a big braid. How many more braids do you need? Uh, he's incredible. He's he's okay. amazing. Sorry, and sorry. For no, that. no. <laughs> he's great. And, and he laughs about it too. I mean, his yeah. business card, his first business card was legitimate businessman. Because he's like, I went to school. I earned this. Yeah. yeah I'm legitimate. That's yeah. cool. And so, so, so here, so for the next year, he still had to finish up school. 
and I'm traveling the world making really good money, yeah. snowboarding, surfing, anywhere I want to go. Yeah. It was a great time. And we started talking maybe once a month. Well, how would you do this? And what were you thinking about? How would you sell them? And what would they look like? And so once a month started turning into once every two weeks. And then we started making plans. Either I was flying up to meet with him in, in Palo Alto or he was coming down to see Eric and I down here. And we started really building together this idea. And as it was getting closer to Andy graduating, the idea continued to get more and more finer and detailed. And, you know, I have my assignments to go back and look and do homework on and he'd have his. And there was, um, there was a point where he was getting ready to graduate. I was on a, a were you Were you setting a timeline of, uh, okay, when he graduates, I that's didn't, when we're doing I it? I didn't, again, because I have this... Yeah, yeah, killer job. Like, no rush. Not only that, but again, as we look at this, this um, consistent consistency in my life, like I wasn't looking long term. I'm looking right in front of me. Yeah, this is a killer life. I'm having fun yeah, traveling. Yeah. Like, yeah, that could be a fun thing. But right now, this is here. Well, Andy had more of a timeline. He was graduating. He needed to figure out what to do. Yeah, he had taken out all these student loans. He just borrowed eighty grand to go to Stanford. He needed to pay that back. Um. Brands in the industry were coming after him. He was looking at opportunities outside the industry. He kept running, you know, we kept running our ideas past everyone, past ourselves, past people we respected. I looked at it from the industry perspective. He looked at it from out of the industry. Yeah, business. We came together, and this is that point you talk about. We were on the phone, and he's like, Chad, this is a great idea. We've done our homework. I'm really convinced. This is the way to go. I think either you should quit your job and start this with me, become the co-founder, or you can wait and I'm going to start this and I'm going to hire you and you can come work for me. And I was like, screw that, man. This is my idea. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's a rad idea. And we both done work on it and it's time. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Wow. I'm in. And so this is interesting because I was at Steven's Pass. Getting paid to snowboard with one of my accounts. I, I, we have this conversation. It's a life-changing decision. I hang up the phone. I turn around. I walk over to my snowboard. And my snowboard got stolen. Stolen? Stolen. Uh-huh. And I knew only because it was stolen, I didn't misplace it. Because there was another kid who put his board by mine. And he was bawling because his got stolen also. And I realized it was like the signs from the planet telling me, Hey man, playtime's over. It's time to work. Yeah, come so, on. So I gave that kid. Look at this, this guy. This guy's deep over here. Holy shikes! So that kid's crying, right? Yeah, lightning's gonna strike you too. I hand that kid my storm. business card from Transworld because I get everything for free. Mm. I said, "Look, oh, his oh. mom was right there. Call me. I'll, I'll get all your we'll stuff you taken care up. of." And that's what started us on our path. Okay. I'm <laughs> sitting here <laughs> thinking how. Fucking pissed I would be at Andy for blatantly just saying, I'm gonna start this with or without you, you can work for me. Right? You gotta get kicked in the ass. It's like it, it's he, he, was, he wanted right, it was a test, I think, of how serious hundred percent how how serious you're willing oh, to go. At the, look at the fucking Oh well, well no, he dude. took it he took it one step further. Yeah. Lars right, because then Andy Yeah, no Lars, I hate yeah. that. Hey, I am <laughs> I asked a good question. You were throwing me under the bus earlier, you know. Andy, now, now Andy's like, he takes it one step further. Yeah. You need to write a check for eight grand. I'm like, why? 
He's like, dude, I have nothing. You have a job. I have no job. I need to get all my stuff moved down so, and, so and I got to pay for rent. What? I mean, like, for him to just blatantly just say, you got to quit your job. Quit your job and give me money to start this company. Yeah. Why did, like, wasn't there, hey, a little conversation? No, like, they've been having it. We, we I know, we but... And what was I interesting know, about this? You're, he's on a fucking snowboard trip. And for the guy to just go, hey... We, we're going to do this. We're going to do this now. You got to quit your job. It, it wasn't a surprise. Put yourself in that position. It, it wasn't. I would have said, "No, bro. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Let's let me work for a little bit. Save up some more cash, and let's better prepare. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting. There was a natural timeline because if you think about it, for for watches, watch business, you know, seventy percent of the watches sold in a year happens in the holiday between October and December. Yeah. It's a, so there it's was a, a holiday natural gift. timeline when you wanted to be in the market. Yeah, it's either hey, now or wait a whole another year. Exactly. And don't get me wrong because everything happens for a reason. Hundred percent. And a hundred percent that <laughs> the way it happened is hat is the way it had to happen. That's why you're successful. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he, he in my mind, I would have been, hey, fuck you, Andy. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna work for a little bit. And that's what he wanted. He wanted yeah. to get that because like, like you guys, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty balanced, low key. A lot of people see me. I'm I'm pretty low key and mellow. Yeah. So like, you got to do something big to get a rise out of me. Yeah. And he knew that. And he's, yeah. He's he's like this good. He knew the talent. He knew the ideas were there. You guys talked about it, but he's like, there's no way we're just gonna slow slow roll this. So so, you got off the phone. You told him I'm I'm in. I'm in. Board got stolen. Didn't matter. Got in my car. He made grand. He moved down. A few days later, I was working out of my house in Encinitas, starting to plot it out. And Did we you give you two weeks so, notice? So or? No, not then. Um, it wasn't until September, and that discussion probably happened in August or the month before, July maybe, because he hadn't graduated, so it was probably like June, right? He was getting ready to graduate, and you know, look, none of us, none of us had money. Neither one of us had a rich uncle or create or parents that could underwrite what we were about to do yeah, yeah. we, had, to do we had a really good idea some funding so andy moved down and we finished out our business plan and so we finished out our business plan and then it's like okay who who can believe in us because i couldn't put none we just didn't have the resources yeah. and we went out and we made a list of friends and classmates of andy's and friends of mine from the industry people who had success who had maybe had found success of their own in the industry and all the people I'd met from Transworld, and we just started telling people our story and what we were going to do. And, but you, let's get to the name and protecting your vision and your brand. So you know? it was interesting because starting it, we because didn't even have, ready to like we didn't have a steal. name or even a design at that point. We were starting to get to the name and, and the name <laughs> process through like tons of, you know, hey, sit down like job. this. For what? I don't know. We'll come up with it. We'll figure it out. But I'm just, you know, it's a very we're gonna make watches. That's all we know. Sensitive, like subject to talk about what you want to do amongst an industry where you have all these connections, and, and somebody could just steal that idea and run with it yeah. like that. So true. You. you so know. we were still. It was still just the two of us at that point, just talking amongst ourselves. So it was okay. We felt protected, and quite honestly, as I started to ask people I respected whether in the magazine and the media or so on in the industry, nobody liked it. <laughs> nobody <laughs> liked your watch. Nobody idea. liked watches. Um, hey, we had, um, 
we had, um, what was it, Gary, who started the skateboard brand that worked at Transworld, he and Larry Balma had started a watch company like 10 years before I had mm. this idea. And the watch quality was so bad, they literally took the watches, took them to a landfill and dumped the watches there. And they had such a bad experience because they bought all this money and invested it. The watches were pieces of crap. They didn't work. And they'd, so they just, and they're like, no, Chad, we don't want that to happen to you. No. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I, I think this could really be something. I got, it's different. And I had had the opportunity to meet with one of the founders of Freestyle and really talking to him and picking his brain. He's like, well, what do you see? Like, I can't sell a watch for over a hundred bucks. And I'm like, well, you build a brand on a disposable digital watch. It's a great watch, but like no one's going to pay over a hundred bucks for that. Yeah. And our vision is a little bit different. So it was, is it just scary though to like pitch an idea to somebody like that and go, fuck, I don't want to tip him off. No, because it was, it was perfect. It was a perfect opportunity. He was out of the business. He had sold it. Okay. He was really interested and wanted to start a snowboard binding company. And because of my position in snowboarding, he, share. he just wanted to pick my brain. Yeah. I wanted to pick his. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It was awesome. And that, and that confidant like that, you need you know, somebody that's been there and done that. And, and whether it's not the same product eventually, you know, like they had a price point. But fa- like, hey, factory and who, what should we be looking at? And I mean, once you start, you know, yeah. so asking Andy, the, the yeah. nitty gritty. But it's it's it's. Scary. Kind of, uh, it's intimidating, I bet. It's intimidating and also deflating when these people that you're Don't looking to <laughs> for advice. You get a lot of no's. And you're getting a lot of no's and like thumbs down. You're like, well, I... we, we had a good mix of yeses and no's at the beginning. And, it, and again, just not having the experience. I don't know. I've never done this. Let's go out. And I expected to get the no's. And the yeses came along the way. So it's like, all right, this is okay. Like... It's not like people were berating us and like telling us that we don't know what we're doing and we're dumb and stupid. It's just like, hey, yeah. you know, this looks kind of cool, but yeah. I'm, you know, having a hard time myself with, I'm getting divorced. It's like, all right, well, you got problems. Take care of those. But do you want to invest in my business? Yeah. And so you found the people that said yes and you found people that said no. Did that guy from Freestyle Invest or no? No, I never, I didn't ask him to. Um, no, that would have been, I wonder why I didn't. But no, maybe it was too close. Yeah, yeah. He would have. He would have been like, step aside. Let me take over. And, yeah, you know, because just like my dad coming in with that yeah. splash. So, so that was in '97, 1997. Andy moves down. We finish out our business plan and we go out to friends and family. And we raise money. So, so we wait, raised just. Did under, you have a name yet? We did. At this point, we had we had done. We were doing some some research. We'd gone up to the snowboard camps in Mount the summertime, Hood. Mount Hood. Got a bunch of campers together, you know, at the pizza place, pizza, soda, you know, they thought we were college students doing some product research project. How awesome. Showing them all kinds of things, trying to figure out what they value, how much they'd spend, do they care about watches, what functions you want. Impressive. And, that's it. I and during that's... that time, I was like, hey, word association, first thing that comes to mind, animal, grr, Timex, you know, they had their opinionated 13 year olds. 15, 14, they so had something did to say for group. everything. Yeah, he did. And focus so group. while we're sitting there, yeah. And it's like, uh, I also started throwing in names that I was thinking of. And this wasn't, I don't think we even planned this portion of it because we were more focused on learning product. 
And it's like, started throwing out names and they had something to say for everything. And I said Nixon and they just went blank. And it got quiet. They're like, I've heard and that word before. This kid's like, I think my mom said he did something bad once. <laughs> and then we were like, wow, if your parents don't like it, will you like it more? <laughs> and so of course we all, want, we all like stuff yeah. that our parents don't like. And then 20 minutes later, we had all the pros come in. And all the coaches and the older kids. And it's so like the same questions. Yeah, we planned going up there, right? We had friends in the industry. I told Woodward, or it wasn't Woodward, it was... It was um, it was Rydell's or, or yeah, or Windell's. Windell's, right? Yeah. And you go up there, and Mount Hood is what it was, and they set up the kids for us because our friends were running the camps. So it's like, hey, who wants to do a focus group? So yeah. So how many names did you have? Six or eight, maybe. I don't know. I mean, what were the other names? Do you remember? No, it does. I, I, I mean, like, I remember one of them was. <laughs> What's one, coming one out of next? Them, I'm like, hey, Andy, what do you think of Marshall? He's like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. I kind of like that. He's like, wait a second. That's your middle name. I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. Um, you We're know, give you so, that percentage. So and so, came so we had, it? so it wasn't set. And it, and I know, but who came this, up? Who liked Okay, so I said, uh, I was stuck on things of three, surf, skate, snow. And I said, Adams. And Andy said, Nixon. And we just added it to the list, right? With a huge list. When we are up in Mount Hood, hey, spitting some names out. And once we said Nixon, and I told you, yeah. it just stopped the room. I was like, whoa, people are thinking about this. And then when we had the pros in, we did the same thing. And it was a very similar response. That's people true. just stopped and they thought about it. And it's like, whoa. We didn't want something that was action sport specific. Like yeah. surf watch or you know, aggro, aggression, yeah. extreme, yeah. none of that. And really, Nixon... That was in like the '60s, early '70s. So like, yeah, the early '70s association. It no was, one knows it was, what it was Nixon built means. in with our parents and our grandparents. Yeah. So you know, fast forward, you're in an elevator with an older person, and you got a Nixon T-shirt, and literally be quiet in the elevator, and right when the doors open, he was a horrible president, <laughs> and you just smile because it's like anything that's going to evoke that much. That much spirit and, yeah. and that Feelings much emotion out of emotion. another person just yeah. from a name. Yeah. It's like, there's something here. And but, then, but, but and then we did have criteria being that I had my partner was an engineer that you had to trademark it. It didn't have to have, it couldn't have an ulterior meaning in another language, right? Could you get the URL for it? We yeah. couldn't get the URL at first. You went to Nixon.com, which was really cool. And I liked it even more. The government owned it and it was, it was a protected site. So it was like, this is this password protected site. You're not allowed in. And it's like, this is even better. So we took Nixon now to begin with. Later on, we were able to get Nixon. But that's, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So after this focus group at Mount Hood. To me, it was clear as day. And Andy's like, I don't know yet. And it didn't take a couple more weeks. And then that was the name. We started looking into it. Can we trademark it? Can we get all those things, those pieces I told you about? And it all worked. Yeah. Because it's a it's a dope name and it has a strong uh, typography or font, right? Like the X is the, like one of the most the X in the middle with the yeah. balance. You know, you start looking at it and uh, if you look at like a lot of pl- Andy before he was invited to work at Burton, he was interning at GE yeah. Plastics, at GE. and all the names are like Lexcon and yeah. all these plastic names are 
consonant vowel. Well, the consonant book ends, vowel. you got ends and the X and, you know, it could have, yeah. It's, it's Ken Block, when he was someone that I spent time with and I was running these ideas off him. So Ken Block, who had started DC and I told him the name. He was one of the first people I told the name to outside of Andy. And his point of view, which was interesting, but I didn't do it, was he suggested I do, I spell it N-I-X-I-N. Because the name sounds the same, but on a board, on a skateboard or a snowboard, it'll yeah. read the right way. What's that mm. word? That's creative right there, thinking, right? Like race car that's it's like flipped upside down. It's like, it's, well, it you says can the same thing backwards and forwards. Yeah. Like race car. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Right. Race car. Spell yeah, yeah, backwards, yeah. it's race car. Yeah, yeah. Like wow and mom and dad. so yeah so Nixon was it and and it was like cool we could trademark this brand name we could get it protected in the classes that we needed to and we'd gone out and told these people what we wanted to do and eighteen people believed in us so it was like friends eight, and friends eight, of friends so you guys raised a million dollars to just under a million just under so in eighteen individuals. People you knew well or not friends, well, classmates. Friends. Some people you didn't you didn't know. It was like, hey, this might not be a good opportunity for me, but my my friend might be right for this. Let me see, and then you make the connection, and it was right. Yeah. Most of the people we had known, I think, out of everyone, there was only one person that in, that invested that had never met us. Wow. But everyone else, it was all face to face meeting. Yeah. So bam, because you got to sell the yeah. idea that I mean, you're, you, you don't have any product or anything. It's an idea. It's an idea on paper. So bam, you, you got the name. Andy's coming up with designs. Uh, what was the first step? Like you got samples. I mean, yeah, you go through it. It's like okay, as I mentioned, there's this natural period in which you want to release right before Christmas. So in order to do that, we need to go out. And get our first round designs and second round designs and samples. We didn't have relationships with factories yet. So you had to go through and Andy had a background of making technical products. So with a contract manufacturer. So it was a similar process, just a different product. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first big decisions we had is, okay, do we design our own product? Or you can go to a watch factory and say, cool, give me yeah. that but case, that band, that color and put my logo on it. Yeah. And, th you know, at the time, I was just excited to have our own product. But Andy had the foresight to see and say, look, if people are going to respect us. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Our own. Own. Otherwise, it's if they can look unique. in a case and it's only differentiated by its logo, Color logo. what are you really doing? Like, yeah. you can't say you're really making a product that's better for these people if you're not actually doing anything different. So you spent the money and you go through the design process. So in the and beginning, you create your own YouTube. molds. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you create their own molds. And, and for us, like I wasn't, I couldn't design my way out of a paper bag. And Andy's not a designer, so design resource that he was friendly with at Burton, who had then left and were working their day jobs at Nike. Hey guys, we got an idea. Oh, really? Well, we want to start our own design agency. So we're just doing this Nike thing at the daytime, but we could work on your idea at night. And so our friends um, then started their own agency, which then became called Cinco. And they were the design arm to help us work with our athletes because it wasn't about what Andy and I wanted. Yeah. This is where then... They could take your thoughts and actually put it into like... You know, and it wasn't, our, it wasn't our thoughts though. This is now enter Pat O'Connell, John Rose, Ben Bourgeois, Danny Way, Kareem Campbell, Dave Downing, Shannon Dunn. 
it wasn't about us. Okay. We just brought everyone together at the table and said, hey, what do you need? Yeah. Like, what's going to make a good watch for you? So your, your, that's, that's your awesome. process of launching your brand was to go through, because you know, like, like you were just talking about, like going it's to just like making a snowboard, shift. right? If, if Jeff Brushy, he, he needed to your perform friend. a certain way on his snowboard. So it was really important that his, his technical and functional needs were addressed in the product. And that's what Andy was used to. So it's like, okay, replace the product, but the process can be very similar. How do, like what kind of band? Yeah. Do you need a steel band? Well, that's not comfortable. I love it. Why did we put the crown on the other side? Because when you're duck diving, you don't want it to dig into your wrist. There were things that we could only pick up, the locking looper on the watch. That's something that we got patented that has like, you know, you were referencing original art from horse and buggy timing. <laughs> and here we are, new guys in the industry, getting a patent in a watch because of a horse because John right Rose now. doesn't like the, that the extra flap on his watch band is flapping on and off because the loopers come off. Yeah, the looper moves and it freaking, you fall. Yeah, so incredible. So it's, it's interesting how you took probably a Burton... Idea. model sure yeah product development yeah and, and just redo it on a whole just, different product but, if, but yeah. if your athletes and your peers and your friends aren't going to wear it then you knew it's probably not going to be a, yeah. a, a successful product like to get that you know firsthand input from not just your friends but people actually living out their dreams yeah. surfing snowboarding skating whatever and it goes beyond that because then what you would have is you know at that time Surfers were giving input on their surfboards. Yep. A skateboarder on their skateboard on their shoe. But then a lot of it was, hey guys, here's a pay money, here's a watch. Here's what we made. Go wear this. Yeah. yeah. And and now we're asking them, like, well, what color do you want? And what material? And at first it was like, well, I want this and that. It was kind of flippant in your responses. But then when the product came back, and what was interesting is this is something where it's not just your friend in the water grabbing your board, looking at your fin, looking at the shape, or the skateboarder throwing the deck, looking at the shape of it. It's now like the person behind you at line at Starbucks that doesn't know that you're Tony Hawk or Pat O'Connell or Bruce Irons, and, you're, and they're just saying, dude, that's a cool watch. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. doing that to your surfboard. Yeah. Or, or, and so the, the athletes were then like, holy shit, you guys are... Yeah, you know why that's yellow? I told him to do that. So this pride comes out of it. So then the next product meeting, oh, I got ideas on materials. Yeah. I got, check out what this company's doing for like this backpack. Can we take this strap they're idea more, more and put invested. it into a watch band? Yeah. And we were just eating it up. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, they're your front line and they're circling the globe 10 times over a year. And they're interacting on so many levels and so many different cultures. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, hey, like. And disposable income. Right? They're getting paid and then it's like, I'm going on a promo tour to Japan where I can get all the top new electronics. Let me show you what I got. Yeah. Or you have a guy, as time went on, like Tony Hawk, where it's like, Tony Hawk had, has an incredible watch collection of high-end watches. Well, when we started making automatics or watches selling for over $1,000, I'd go to his house and take all his watch boxes <laughs> and bring them back to Nixon and dissect them and figure out what's cool, what we should use, what we should leave behind. Yeah. And it was, it's just an incredible resource of ideas, influence, all in one place. So, so you got 
a product and now you're going to go to market. We had a product idea. Product idea. Right. And so we went out and we have all these relationships. Now also, Andy and myself, we both know distributors internationally. We both know a ton of domestic reps. We know all these different people. So it was kind of easy to start figuring out who was going to sell the brand where. So we decided we'd launch in five countries um, and across all North America in specialty surf, skate, and snow shops. So we went through and I, you know, again, this is just a point where we talk about the community where I didn't have that community as a kid growing up, being at my local beach, having the, having the enforcers that you have to listen to that teach you right and wrong and that, and that um, feed you and help you grow. But what I did is from my time at Transworld, I cultivated this whole crew of industry friends who had all this experience that I never had, Yeah. who were then introducing me to their reps. Maybe I knew BK and GT because I'm in the territory, but I didn't know who the best rep was in Texas yeah. or Nebraska. And so essentially with our experience, we went through the snow states, picked up the best snow reps you could get, went through the surf states, picked up the best surf reps. And through the Midwest, we went after skate. And that brought us guys like BK and G, well, GT not, but BK who's at the top of his game yeah. that can then walk into an account and say, hey, I got this new brand. I'm gonna write the order for you. Here's how it's gonna go. And it, you know, so we put all our, our focus into the product development and making products that people have never seen before. And we put together our distribution plan and in the summer of 98, two, three weeks before we were about ready to launch, Animal Watches sends a note out to all U.S. retailers saying, hey, we're not going to distribute Animal Watches in the States anymore. Damn. They'd had a falling out. So then all these people, if you knew about us in the A tier, great. But now all the B and C tier shops, they're like, look, I have this watch case. It's not getting filled anymore because the competitor's out of business. Yeah. Can you just what put a watch? perfect timing. It was timing pretty, is it, it was I mean impeccable. Incredibly lucky that's for what, us. That was when you were gonna launch. That was we had already placed the order and we were like a month away from launching into retail. And, and you were coming out with like five, seven, ten models? Seven watches. Seven, seven watches in five countries. And uh and what was and, the price point from where to where? Uh, from sixty five to one twenty. Sixty five, eighty five, one twenty. And uh and how many colors in each one? Like, you know, so like, you're enough to fill a case. Like you guys obviously Three. did your yeah. homework of like, okay, an account needs to be by 12 or 18 or 24, you know, like what are they going to buy? A hundred percent. hundred percent. We got to go. We're going to end this right now and have to do part two. Oh shit. We do have to go. Gentlemen, there's a lot to talk about. There yes. is. Yes. Okay. Um, we're going to end it here. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, what an incredible... Dude. What was it? Two hours and eight minutes so far. Yeah. Wow. So I was really nervous we wouldn't make it past the 45-minute mark. So that's good, gentlemen. Dude. What are you talking about? Come on. About? Nixon, Chad, do right, Denetta. Denena. Come on. On my honor, I promise to do my best for you, Chad <laughs> Denena. Advertising, Eagle Scout. All right, we're going to cut it off here. Nixon Watches, part one, over. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. 
for all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 